deep in London's beating heart lies a wall A locked door it be if you know the call For if the wall steps aside, be not afraid of what you see Cause the wizard world is opened up as has the Griffin. Hello everyone and welcome to the Shrieking Shack This is a Harry Potter reread podcast for lapsed fans I'm your host ZZ And I'm Liz I'm Liz I'm still workshopping that in my mind. I keep forgetting. I gotta I gotta come up with a new thing at the beginning there. Yeah, yeah. We we should workshop it, but you know, there's nothing wrong with some familiarity. There's nothing wrong with a little bit of, you know, uh 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 the the basics, the traditions, the the familiar the brand recognition, you know. We're we're all about the brand here. We're all about the brand. People are always saying we're all about tradition. <laughs> Brands, traditions, these are all things we love uh, and <laughs> respect and uh, 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 adhere to strictly on the Shrieking Shack. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a tradition, actually, that uh, we have adhered to on accident here. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to redo my sound uh, setup again, uh, and I <laughs> did so because... so. Um, you know how I was talking, I think a few episodes ago, maybe on like a a bonus episode a few weeks ago, that like, I have this new audio input set up where, uh, I was only getting like half the volume in because it's like a stereo recorder, right? Oh yeah, sure. And I was, and I was like, why, why am I clipping? Why am I clipping so much when this, this thing should be, you know, it's not, it's not, it, it should be like a better recorder. Um, I was only... Uh, using half of the recorder's power. I was I was using uh, a one input and not both inputs, which apparently I can do. Right. Um, so everyone <laughs> wondering why, even though like I don't know, like I've been doing all of my normal audio treatment to to our voices and stuff. Uh, I just sounded completely blown out when I would say like "hello" or something. Like it would, my mic would just like completely garble it. Yeah. Uh, I think I fixed that now. Fingers crossed. I'm sure something else will will pop up, but uh, you might be listening to my voice in a much uh, uh, more pleasant arena soon. That's um, gr- that's great news. <laughs> it only took me three months to figure out how to use this thing that I bought. Hey, audio is weird. <laughs> audio is fucking weird. Audio is weird. You're sounding great though. Your audio has been. Chef's kiss recently. Thank uh, you, thank you. That's why I have not upgraded from my cheapo mic. <laughs> well, well, whatever you know, whatever mic set of you. I mean, like we got the Earl guest spot, and it picked oh, that yeah. up beautifully. Yeah. That was wonderful. Um. Uh, uh. So yeah. So so hopefully things will be sounding a bit better. Um. But while we're on the topic of brands, we got tradition. Brands and tradition. We got to check in. <laughs> With uh, the one that started it all here, uh, Fantastic Beasts. The film is out, uh, not here, but in the UK. And there are reviews, and there are box office numbers, and we should go over this. Yeah, yeah, I think we have to, because it's tradition. (laughs) (laughs) It's tradition. We have set ourselves up here. Um, It did not review well. Uh, I guess I'm so first. surprised. Right? Isn't that isn't that shocking? Isn't that crazy? That well, I fell out that... of my chair. <laughs> it looked terrible from the get go, and uh, we know all of the behind the scenes troubles with it. And it's written by uh, one of the worst people alive on Earth, uh, <laughs> with help from an okay screenwriter, I guess. Yeah, I guess time. so. Um, but yeah, no, it did not review well. It, uh, uh, it has come in underneath. The first 
uh, or I guess the second movie on Metacritic, uh, well below the first Whew, movie. That's not good. Which is not great. I mean, you know, Metacritic, I, 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 Metacritic is not the be-all, end-all, but at the same time, very funny to see that number being uh, fat 47. Uh, I guess it's up to 49 uh, after a couple more reviews, but still, woof. Not, not liked. Not well-liked film. I'm so surprised. How could this happen? <laughs> did you uh, did you read any of the reviews? Were you poking around in, in any oh, of those? Yeah, yeah. I poked around in like a lot of the big ones. Of course, the the um, the scathing one that IGN put out. Yes. I kind of enjoyed yeah. uh, mm-hmm. rolling around in the mud reading that one. Um, <laughs> the most positive one is USA Today, which I find very funny. Um, <laughs> And even that, the thing is, is, like, even the ones that are more positive um, are, like, yeah, it's better than the, f- the last one, you know? Like, yeah, they're like, Mads is definitely an upgrade from Johnny Depp. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, the, the things everyone seems to say, uh, positive or negative, are, are one, Mads is very charming, which, I mean, like, that's just, like, a fact. That's not really anything to do with the movie, I guess. Um, and two... Uh, well, it's not as terrible as the second one, which is a, you know, that's like not the best place to be in, I feel. Like, oh, well, it's not the worst movie ever made, which I think arguably Crimes is certainly like in the running for, uh, at least in terms of like other blockbusters, right? Oof. Yeah, yeah. And not in a fun way either. No, not, not like a fun, bad thing. There's no... I don't know. It's not like John Carter of Mars or anything. There's nothing. There's nothing funny happening really, other than when uh, uh, Johnny Depp is like, "Follow me and you'll find your true identity." Or, or you know, yeah, like, that sounds, uh, yeah, sounds about right. I mean, between that and like the gratuitous baby murder, those <laughs> are like maybe murders. the funniest yeah, things that yeah. happen in the yeah. uh, what feels like a six-hour movie. <laughs> that is um, that is such a good way to like put a marker down on like where that movie is just like in the culture. It's like, oh yeah, this movie is really funny. Two babies die in it, like. <laughs> Completely they're, insane. They're dower thing. films is the thing. <laughs> oh, but yeah. So, so the most positive thing anyone has to say about it is that um, it's less, uh, less grim, I guess. Which, which I guess is positive and negative. I mean, pos- positive in in the sense that like that's probably the right decision. Negative in the sense that I was really hoping for like round three on Grindelwald. Like, could you imagine Mads monologuing to to like a like a baby before like blasting it? That'd be awesome, right? That would be like, awesome. Yeah. See, we are missing out on on some on some uh, crimes of Grindelwald style scenes here. Um, but regardless of the reviews, uh, I was a little, you know, I was curious what the what the box office situation was going to be. Sure. Because um, you never know. Um, and it turns out not good, not great. Hmm. Um, this is from Forbes, uh, uh, who are, are, you know, keeping track of all the, the, the opening weekends for movies. Um, keeping track the, of all the money over all at Forbes. the money. They love <laughs> God. Oh my God. Just explaining what Forbes is like. It's like a magazine <laughs> for money. You heard about this? Anyone you ever want to hear the news about what's going on with money? <laughs> the world of money. Check, give Forbes a try. Uh, I hear I'm part that of the they're... money fandom. 
they, yeah. they really stand money over at Forbes. Yeah, no, I'm I'm a big <laughs> I'm a big money head. I like Forbes. I read The Economist. Uh, you know, <laughs> I'm really into. I can't wait to read this year's Fortune 500 or whatever the fuck. Uh, that's, <laughs> yeah, the the money phantom. <laughs> <laughs> the money fandom is dying, everyone. <laughs> uh, Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore had a soft start overseas with $58 million compared to $120 million and $115 million in the in the like-to-like markets for its predecessors. Oh, that's so, real bad. Yeah. Woof. Um, and, and, you know, because we were, I remember talking at the time uh, uh the crimes came out about that being a like you know a drop for the sequel there um but this is like half uh and it goes on to explain you know obviously due to covid circumstances uh and china's history of eventually saying comparatively speaking no thank you to franchises transformers x-men transformers etc fantastic beast 3 earned 10 million in china compared to 36.6 for crimes of grindelwald japan delivered 8.8 .8 compared to 7.6 so it's up in japan just barely um but here's the important one uh home turf home 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 game uh the film earned just eight million dollars in the uk compared to 16 million for crimes of grindelwald so half half exactly half uh barring a miracle we all know how this story ends think divergent is what the forbes uh writer oh goes wow on to. that's Oof. brutal Oof. that is a brutal takedown Oof. Uh, yeah, no, that's not good. I mean, like, you know, COVID and everything, but, like, movies are making money. I, 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 uh, I went over out of curiosity to see what, like, the Batman did in the UK, comparatively. Yeah. Um, and it did, uh, opening weekend, 13.5 million pounds, which would work out to about, I think, 20 million dollars. Um, so, more than twice what Fantastic Beasts made. Uh, so... Ooh. Now, do you have the numbers for Morbius the Living Vampire? Morbius the Living Vampire. I do, although sadly not as quite as specific. But oh, okay. I can tell you that, and, and, and uh, to be fair here, make sure that this is a fair comparison, I will, uh, of course, just be comparing the international box offices here um, and not the domestic American box office. Uh, Morbius the Living Vampire clocked in at 84 million dollars globally uh so a pretty significant chunk higher than <laughs> we did uh, this than uh fantastic beasts which came in at 58 all so. eyes have been on the fantastic beasts morbius the living vampire race Morbius, the living vampire uh we got to come up with like a fun movie you know movie headline you know uh uh Morbius sucks the life out of Fantastic Beasts at the box office or something. You know, we gotta gotta really de deliver a, 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 a zinger headline for that. Morbius one. sucks Dumbledore. Mor <laughs> Morbius sucks Dumbledore. <laughs> oh, that's the that's you know that's like the spoiler everyone is going to be yelling at the theater. <laughs> Uh, you know, you know, people running at uh, the midnight release going, Snape killed Dumbledore. Morbius sucked Dumbledore. Morbius sucked Dumbledore. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, uh, American box office uh, numbers to come. Obviously, uh, the UK uh, box office is a lot smaller 
but usually a pretty decent measuring stick uh, for comparing how these movies are going to do. Things not, not looking great for this franchise. The brand, once again, may be in turmoil. Especially because, uh, this is just a, a, a side note here, but uh, Ezra Miller, they were supposed to star in The Flash, uh, or they are starring in The Flash that like just got filmed. And uh, I guess WB had like an all-hands meeting about like, uh, do we keep them in our movies? Uh, that's That's been going around, apparently. Huh. When is that movie supposed to come out? That's going to be like a holiday movie, I think. Oh, okay. we, have, we don't have trailers or anything for it yet, so it's probably not summer. So probably, yeah, probably like a Thanksgiving release for that one. Uh, we are just we are just lousy with mediocre blockbusters, aren't we? <laughs> money fandom rejoice. The money, the money fandom is dying. <laughs> Fantastic Beasts, uh, not not looking so hot. I, I, you know, we we've got to see this thing. I'm not going to a fucking theater to watch it though. So. No, hell no. No. So Fantastic Beast coverage will be. Uh, you know, we're we're on standby for that. I'm not going to. I'm not paying to see that in theaters. That'll either be a streaming or whenever there's a. You know, if um, a copy somehow manages to float into my hard drive or something. Yeah, who knows? yeah. If we sort of trip over, <laughs> oh, trip whoops. over a copy of the new Fantastic Beasts <laughs> film. Whoopsie. <laughs> Whoopsie. Where where did this come from? Well, might as well watch it while I'm here. Right. <laughs> but uh, certainly not rushing to the theater to see that. <laughs> um, did you check out the uh, Harry Potter uh, subreddit reaction? Yeah, well, so I tried to, but uh, they they sure aren't talking about this movie. No, like, no, like, I, I saw were... one thread. Yeah, saying, "Hey, where's the where's the mega thread um, for the international <laughs> release?" And there was one reply that was literally just a link to the Fantastic Beast subreddit. Yeah, it's, uh, I think there's like a, a increasingly definitive divide between the two fandoms at this point. I think mm -hmm. that the Fantastic Beasts might just be its own thing. Because um, the, the, the Harry Potter fans generally on, on, you know, again, this is just Reddit, but like, it, it sure seems like it, it, it's not... Not welcome there. Um, similarly, like when when the reviews hit, like a week before, like when the premiere happened, forgot to mention this last week. The premiere happened, and there were the reviews, the like the early reviews, which were obviously even I would say like even more negative um, than where it's sitting now. Uh, and the there again, there was like one thread on the Harry Potter subreddit with like eight replies. Of people saying like, "Yep, the last one sucked too," and then moving on. <laughs> like, just people seem done done with it, uh, and good for them, you know. Yeah, I mean, I think that um, the sort of division between the two can only be good um, for yeah. our manifesting the <laughs> the death of this the franchise. Downfall. The downfall. I'm confident. I'm optimistic. Yeah. It's I... time for me to be optimistic. Yeah. Yeah, I'm more and more. I am starting to share your optimism on this. It's just you know you never you just never know. But but what if you know what if it's just time time for it to go bye bye. Time for night night for Harry Potter. It would be great. I would love it. Yeah. All right. Well, congratulations to uh, Morbius the Living Vampire for um, sinking its teeth into Fantastic Beasts box office numbers. How about that? How about that? We did this. We did Everyone this. go see Morbius, the living vampire. 
or not, you know, at this point, but like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> our work here is done, etc. Uh, so yeah, there you go. There's the news. Um, but if you look at those box office numbers and you think, you know, wow, maybe, maybe, maybe it's the time of the vampire. Maybe, maybe they're back in vogue. I couldn't agree more. Let's get into our chapter for this week. What do you say? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So uh, how do we want to do this? Do you, do you think we should do uh, both our summaries at the top again? Yeah, um, let's do that. I feel like that works yeah. pretty well. All right. All right. So I read chapter three, Phenomenon, uh, in Twilight, the original. Um, and this week, Bella wakes up to discover that it snowed again overnight, and this time it stuck. Her dad has seemingly already left for work, leaving Bella to make her own breakfast and get ready for school. She drives to town with apparent ease, only discover when she parks at the school that Charlie got up early to put chains on her truck's tires. She notices Edward standing on the other end of the parking lot when suddenly a van comes slipping over the ice towards her. Bella feels a strange sensation as Edward appears at her side and somehow protects her from the crash. Later at the hospital, Bella presses Edward about the physical impossibility of what she saw happen, and he refuses to explain further. That night, Bella dreams about Edward. Uh, and that's the end. Ooh. Pretty succinct this week. It is very succinct. Um, I read chapter three. My chapter is called something different. I don't know why sometimes they're the same and sometimes they're different, because from what I'm hearing, we're covering sort of the same events. Oh, okay. Um, I was curious if, like, your chapter was going to be, like, set somewhere else since the title was swapped or something. Yeah, I mean, there's, like, a little bit of, of uh, independent scenes, but, but I do have a different chapter title. It is called Risk. Um, we start out in Edward and Carlisle, who is um, Edward's, you know, he, he's sort of the dad of the vampire coven. Um, they are hunting some deer in the woods, and they're zooming faster uh, than the human eye can see, uh, and simultaneously having a whispered conversation about Edward's fixation on Bella. Um, and Carlisle kind of, uh, we, we get an idea that, that Edward really does think of him uh, as, his, as his father, and uh, Carlisle um, has, has a lot of fondness for Edward, but at the end of the day, his um, priority is going to be, you know, if Edward's going to kill Bella, it's better that Edward go away um, than to do that. Um, Edward ends up going to school. He's being stubborn. Um, he wants to be brave and, and know that he can face this issue, um, even though, like, deep down, he probably thinks he should leave for a couple years. Um, and in his imagining of that, he thinks um, that you know, Bella would go off to college and he has this like, sort of vivid imagining of her getting married. And he's like, why is this upsetting me so much? Um, as they're leaving for school, uh, Edward reads Alice's mind, who is having a vision of the future. Um, he sees a, a vision of himself in a meadow um, sparkling and there's another figure there, but he can't see who it is. Um, and Alice kind of um, tells him that his life appears to be at a crossroads. Um, he arrives at the school uh, and is out in the parking lot, and it's it's awfully icy. Um, and and what do you know? Alice has a vision. Edward's reading her mind and sees a van careening toward Bella, um, but he, uh, you know, is able to intervene and jumps in to 
push Bella out of the way, but also to push the car off of her. Uh, they go to the hospital um, where Carlisle works. Edward has Carlisle, vampire dad, uh, make sure that Bella's okay. Um, but so sort of the core situation here is that Bella is not uh, relenting, thinking that something weird happened uh, when Edward saved her uh, from the collision. And that was uh, my chapter. So first things first, I think there's something really important we have to discuss here. Sure. Um, we have a realism problem that I would like to dig into here. Uh, fellow Pacific Northwest dweller. Mm -hmm. um, yes. I, I, my experience with school in the Pacific Northwest is they call a snow day if there is a single flake. Uh, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> falling no from one, the sky. No one's getting to school in in the, in those uh you know an inch of snow outside we, yeah. we can't handle it we can we don't know how it. i i have i have vivid memories of like being driven to school and then you know because like the bus didn't come or whatever and then only then finding out like at the doors of the school that they decided to close for the day like that uh, happened more than once or uh, or the pacific northwest special where there's ice on the roads and like no snow on the ground but they do it two hours late two, they're oh, like late start. we're gonna wait till the sun comes out melts off that ice then people can come in. Late start is the worst. That is that is the that's like the you know that you might as well have just gone to school at six six in the morning at that point. Like like I'm already up. I, you can't do anything with those two hours, right? Like like hey, no way you get you get on the Super Nintendo. Oh oh, see what I are you talking I about I have a problem with like if I know that there is like a thing that I have to do coming up like within. I'd say my window is probably like three hours. Um, oh, you mean waiting mode? Well, I'm in yeah, where I'm in waiting mode. Like if if I know you know if I've got to if I've got to be here, uh, be or be you know go somewhere ever for a specific time, and I am told like, oh, uh, actually you know it's delayed or it's late you know late, so we'll be we'll be doing it like a couple hours later. I'm fucked. Like my I I can't get out of the like being ready mode. You know, right? Yeah. Like, and so, like, if I was to play, you know, if, if, you know, if I was to sit down at the Super Nintendo, I'd be like, how could I possibly do anything? Uh, in, I'm not going to make any progress in this game. I have to be at school in two hours. Hmm. Um, I am very I, familiar with that feeling. <laughs> I, I struggle a lot with waiting mode, for sure. But mm -hmm. I, I don't know. Something I just very vividly remember, um, like, the two hours late. And it's like, oh, great two hours to play the old super nintendo <laughs> i will say i did i was very thankful for, for late start once in my entire life um mm -hmm. which was when i had uh completely forgotten that a video class assignment was due that day oh and saved. Uh, sa saved completely by having an extra two hours to knock out uh an assignment in windows movie maker or whatever and put it on a cd and bring it into class i mm, thank you snow for that one mm-hmm but yeah, uh, no one's no one is driving to school in Washington in the snow. This is not happening. Um, so so that that was a huge, you know, vampires I can accept, but but not uh, this. Not, um, not did you this. do you get a lot of like descriptions of the snow? Because I Edward does is not like 
concerned about it at all. So it's like mm-hmm. I oftentimes because there's so little sense of place and so yeah. little sense of like setting, he mm-hmm. doesn't ever observe a remark on that sort of thing. So mm-hmm. at the time of the like car incident, I had forgotten that there was snow or ice at all. It's really funny. Um uh there's one really good line that Bella says at the beginning. Um, but that's basically it. Like the 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 sense of place is still very weird and like ethereal in this, and that they're like I I have no idea. Like I I really have no sense of like how far, uh, Charlie and Bella live from the school or the town, right? Sure. Like, they might as well live in like a like a Mario sixty four hub, you know, and they like have to go through paintings to get to the different places. That's what it <laughs> feels like. Um, yeah. Because, like, yeah, I have no sense of what the town's like, um, but but there is a great line at the beginning um, uh, where Bella wakes up and she says, A fine layer of snow covered the yard, dusted the top of my truck, and whitened the road. But that wasn't the worst part. All the rain from yesterday had frozen solid, coating the needles on the trees in fantastic, gorgeous patterns. <laughs> Which is really funny that I, like... That's, like, the one very characterful description we get of, like, Oh, I hate it. It's so pretty, right? Like, it, it's fun. Um, but after yeah. that, basically nothing. Like, she drives to school. She does sound older than her years. I mean, she is she is wizened in this chapter uh, in a way <laughs> that is very funny. Yeah, I, I just, the, the sense of place, I, I'm, I'm leaning so hard on my own childhood experience growing up in Washington here mm-hmm. um, that is, like, doing a lot of heavy lifting. But, like, if I was to actually comb this for, like, descriptions of snow or what the town is like or whatever it's pretty thin i just picture twin peaks honestly mm-hmm. yeah yeah at least that's sort of atmospheric yeah but i picture that more than i do like real forks yeah well yeah because I've, I've driven through forks before and it's like a very it's like a one street town kind of thing you know and it's like very flat um uh from what i what i remember um, until you like get into the woods and the roads are a bit more windy. I was gonna say woodsy is what I remember, but but you know there's se- there's several of those. Yeah, the, the book has very like no no vibes. Not not or like no no place vibes. Character vibes off the charts this week. I gotta yes, say yes, true. But yeah, it's the 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 atmosphere and the place has no vibes. So when Edward is hunting deer, uh, and, and going like laser mode with with carlisle yeah um is it snowing then like is this at night that this is happening what's what like is there any sense of like it being snowy then you know i i hate to say it but i have no clue (laughs) like (laughs) if it does then it isn't resonant Mm -hmm. at all and Mm -hmm. i'm skimming it right now there's you know parts of this we'd slowed we were barely jogging through the darkness um but there's no like i guess i don't i assumed that they were in the woods but now that Mm -hmm. i'm going back and scrolling through oh it does say through the black forest okay uh, all right one time and that's it that's literally it. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> Thank you. So Stephanie they're Meyer. in the black forest. Okay. Okay. And the woods. Yeah. 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 There's a lot of that in this chapter. I mean, like we get the the the, the locations in this are there are I guess like the new locations uh, are like 
the parking lot, which is just described as the parking lot, and uh, the hospital, which is described as the hospital. Like, there is no, no, this is... You know what this kind of reminds me of, and I guess I guess it's really the the uh, the other way around here. But because I'm coming to this so late, uh, this is how I'm viewing it. Mm-hmm. Um, this reminds me a lot of Wattpad writing. You know, yeah, like, like yeah, it does. You know, like, well, it's a hospital. You know what a hospital is. Um, here's on, a picture. A- here's a picture of a hospital. If you don't know, <laughs> um, yeah, very, very, very minimal. I, like, like I, I've, I've also, you know, I've definitely read a lot of like older literature that that is is sparsely described in this sense, right? And and um, uh, uh doesn't really you know i i not not everything needs to be J.R.R. tolkien you know i don't need like a page about a flower that that she's looking at um but it it is strikingly sparse how uh how how little uh, uh is being described physically for something that is like i guess so um like like dependent on being set in a place you know like forks is I'm already getting like, I like 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 just just purely thinking about this like from you know from a fan perspective and like how this got so popular like I get it. There's like a there's like a cast of characters. There's like a little bit of an ensemble going on with the Cullens and like some of the people at the school. There's like the school. There there's the there's a a town here. Like I this. Everything I know about this franchise and what people like about this franchise, it feels like it it is so central around this one small town, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it just hasn't been described at all, and that is very weird to me. <laughs> like, it just has a hospital, right? Yeah, like it, it has very little character, mm-hmm. and we're in in a story that it sort of feels like the town should be a character in a yeah. way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, like I guess I can't say should, right? Because it's clearly right. not about that. Um, more, more, more so than that. Like, I, it's the kind of thing where I expect someone to say, "Forks is its own character in the story." You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, like, 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 you know, because that is what the fandom, you know, people go, people make pilgrimages to Forks, right? Because it's where Twilight is set. So, like, I clearly there's something about the town and about the place that is like, you know reaching out to people um but i haven't gotten there yet you know yeah i I mean i am sort of reviewing this this part and and i think um and i'm i'm curious what you think because edward does get back and and he he does observe he's like oh it it is icy and there's snow um but it seems like sort of the big difference um just hearing you talk about bella and her she has observations, right? Mm-hmm. She sees thing and she's like, uh, th- not this again. Like yeah. she has a kind of a, a reflection on it. Whereas I think that most of the time Edward doesn't, he thinks a lot about the events that are happening okay. but outside of observing Bella. He has no, um, there's nothing about it that tells me anything about his character. I mm-hmm. guess it's it's like not filtered through him. It's just like it was colder when we returned home. The okay. melted snow had refrozen. Mm-hmm. Um, and, he, and even this part, like, and probably why I just skimmed over it a little bit is that it feels like it's written um, in a way 
honestly like she was imagining like a movie scene like i get it was right. colder when we returned home the melted snow had refrozen it was as if a thin sheet of glass covered everything each pine needle each fern frond etc etc and then he goes and sits outside cool and motionless as the stone i sat on i stared at the dark water running beside the icy bank stared right through it um and i just like so clearly can picture the like scene in a movie the the um who am I, Hedwig? What am I? <laughs> um, but it's yeah, just like a yeah. visual um, thing, and he doesn't really that, yeah. think anything. I don't know. That is so interesting because, uh, you know, because obviously Midnight Sun was written after the movies, right? Um, yeah. And the thing that I keep saying about this book that I, that I keep that I keep coming back to about the original Twilight is, you know, lack of lack of. Um, physical descriptions of stuff aside, it still very much feels like a novel-ass novel. Um, I mean, like, specifically, it feels like a Raymond Chandler novel or something, right? Like, it is it, it, it is a heady, noir novel where you are inside the character's head the entire time and you get nothing but, like, their opinions and thoughts on things, right? Mm-hmm. Like, extreme first person. Um, she has something to say to the audience about every little thing um and and it's uh uh i mean so like as she's getting up she she kind of briefly touches on like oh fuck like it snowed it's so pretty and i hate it right like like that's her first thing and then she just goes into like you know that, that fucking edward cullen guy why would he lie about his eyes that's weird also i'm ugly <laughs> and uh yeah he and i are in completely different spheres i'm way out of his league and also charlie is a weirdo and he got up like she's just just immediately rattling through like every other character that she's interacted with in the last chapter and like what she thinks about what they did and what they said and what she said and or could have said like like she is a pretty I gotta say, for as much as I had heard that, like, Bella is a non-character mm-hmm. f- for years and years and years, I, I, so far, I gotta disagree. Like, she's got a lot to say about everything. Like, her actions might be very passive, but, like, I have a very strong sense of who she is as a person so far. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I don't even... She seems, like, very grounded in, like, this... Uh... <sighs> like pseudo realism of like yeah her actions are passive in the way that a very real high schooler's actions mm-hmm. are passive yeah yeah i think i think that like my best my 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 best most ideal read of of her so far as a character is that i i feel like if if we look at this with like intentionality Every time that she opens her mouth in real life and is very meek or, you know, very passive is like a reality check in the way that, like, you know, every teenager who thinks they're really badass or world weary or whatever or thinks that they're, you know, when when I was a teenager and thought that I was, you know, that nobody has suffered as much as me. I am the saddest person on earth. And then I, like, you know, go to school and eat a sandwich and feel fine you know or whatever right like, right like like there there's definitely a sense that like if if i if i read this as 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 uh entirely um intentional it's great because it's just like oh i i love that like every time she opens her mouth she's like uh, um, well uh, and like very non-committal whereas and then she'll like you know walk down the hall and say like i fucking hate that guy i, I gotta stop talking to mike or whatever <laughs> right like it's really it's really cute um, right right um 
but very, very non-cinematic. Uh, very different from what you're describing to me, which is an incredibly cinematic moment, right? Of like the character goes and sits down and broods, right? But we're not yeah. really hearing. We're not really learning what he's brooding about. Just that he is, you know. Yeah, yeah, and he he's thinking very like literal thoughts i suppose but they're all very like focused on what bella might be thinking so it seems to all return to that mm -hmm. i just don't have what she is actually thinking mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah that's that's really interesting that feels so different from what i'm reading right like just style wise and you know there's like 15 years or so between these two but also like a full movie franchise right and i just i just wonder like you know, does that does that affect someone's writing process? You know, like, right. like have, having that uh, in your head. You know, uh, you know, you you wrote something, it became movies. That's like the definitive version for a lot of people now. Do you absorb that? Right? Like, do do, do does do you, or even if like you know you liked because I I think she worked with pretty closely the movie people and like liked the movies like you know I, I don't think there's like any animosity between them like mm -hmm. if you're a, a writer and you get a movie like that of something you wrote right where it's like oh you fucking nailed it like this is exactly what I wanted right like does that then seep into your writing I don't know like it's it's interesting yeah yeah I, I and I think like another sort of like of course you would sort of fall back on that i mm -hmm. i think that edward is not um i'm sorry to say not a very well realized character <laughs> um and instead of maybe um trying to reconcile the ways and that his character is like not very grounded in any reality it just ends up leaning on the cinematic aspects of the of the brooding mm -hmm. object of desire but like we talked about last week like that's sort of a weird issue that it has is that he is the object of desire and also the narrator. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the other thing I, I can't wait to get to the hospital scene. Um, <laughs> and, and, and for us to like share our different versions of it because his behavior as a character that Bella is observing in this chapter uh -huh. is really interesting because he, he like just, just like on, on switch off switch, keeps waffling between <clears throat> excuse me keeps waffling between being the nicest most charming guy in the world and then whenever she gets like too close to figuring out he's a vampire or whatever he just becomes a like a dickhead right yeah but yeah but like, but like because i know that he's being a dickhead because he's worried that she's gonna find out he's a fucking vampire right like <laughs> they like i understand it right like it's it's not like oh what a what a jerk it's like oh i understand why he has to keep on acting like a jackass right like right. Like, a, like he's getting you know the the alarms going off in his head like she's gonna find out that fucking vampires are real so of right. course he's gonna like push back um and like that's a really fun dynamic and very interesting and 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 like it's crucially it's one of those things that makes him interesting and mysterious as a character uh but not too much of a character you know what i mean like he mm -hmm. he, he i understand why he's being a jackass I'm very worried that when I hear whatever he has to say in your version of it <laughs> happens, I will be a lot less sympathetic to why he is a jackass. Here. Yeah, we'll we'll see. We'll yeah, see. Yeah, we'll, we'll get there. Um, uh, but yeah, so Bella Bella drives to school. 
she uh, 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 gets to the parking lot and she sees that her car had chains on the tires um, that she did not notice when she got in. Um, and in another very interesting moment of like interior character stuff, she gets like kind of choked up. It's like, oh, I, like I didn't realize Charlie got up just for me to like put the tires on my car. It, it's a sweet moment. Yeah, it's it's like a I don't know, like the relationship between Bella and her dad is very good so far. Like ver- just like very well re- like I I buy this relationship uh uh a lot. Like 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 he's uh you know, I I can't I, like like there there's just something like realistic is the wrong word, right? But like just just him being he's very nice, he is very thoughtful, but he is also distant and like clearly you know they're divorced, right? So things did not go amazingly <laughs> with their with the relationship with uh, Bella's mom, but like he he and Bella are so good at being close without being close if that makes sense like they're Mm -hmm. they're clearly thinking of each other a lot but they don't talk about it really and that's like a bittersweet place for characters to be i don't know this i i I can't believe i'm saying this about twilight of all things but it's deft you know like it's a little it's it's a good relationship being established here that's cute yeah it's a cute moment um okay let's get into the action here Finally, we got some action. We're getting we, some action. We get some fucking, some fucking cool shits happening. This uh, might be my favorite Twilight thing, honestly. <laughs> like, th- like when I would think back to having read Twilight, uh, like there's a lot of absurd stuff that happens, but this was this might be my favorite. So, the I, the physical <laughs> logistics of what is happening here, uh-huh. even before the vampire gets involved. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> is really interesting. So, uh, a blue van starts hurtling towards, directly towards Bella in the school parking lot. No make and model or year. What's no, up with that? that's interesting. Yeah, maybe, maybe we did have one, and and the manufacturer was like, uh, uh-uh, uh, we can't be shown. You know how like like a lot of manufacturers get like a little snitty if you want to like put their car in 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 a, in a video game and it can you know no damage you can't show any damage on the car right maybe yeah. maybe maybe her publisher like ran it past i don't know subaru or something and they said uh-uh no i just i'm just just really hoping that she gave her brothers a call like what would be the most what would be the most like fucked up van to get hit by Oh shit! What, or what van would destroy you the most? <laughs> or well, no. What I what I love about this, and to be to be fair, this is a little bit of setup and payoff. Um, but I love that this is like the third car that has like that has had to have been described as like being uh, uh weak and flimsy <laughs> compared to her awesome truck. <laughs> Because there's a there like her truck is like fine. There's all this description about how like the blue the blue. Uh, car just like wraps itself around the steel of her car because it's way cooler. <laughs> <laughs> I just I gotta wonder if there's like uh s- similar to what you what you were saying like w- you know maybe she called her brothers and was like you know what's the what's the worst van and maybe they had opinions on that you know like if you can't dodge it ram it some of those rivalries right uh, I I want I want the make and model of the van so bad I just really wish Edward had like looked up and been like 
the 1996 Toyota Previa came hurtling, <laughs> hurtling around the corner. Oh, those, those, the, uh, the, what, what, what should have happened is he should have had to, like, enter his, like, like similar to the baseball thing from last week, right? He should have, mm-hmm. like, entered his mental Rolodex of, like, how shitty the car is and, like, gauging whether or not Bella would be fine <laughs> if it just smacked her. Like, yeah. oh, oh, that thing's soft. It'll be fine. <laughs> like, or, that like, thing oh, is oh. No, no match for Bella's awesome truck. <laughs> or, or, or he's like, uh oh, fuck, that's a, that, that's a Corolla. It's gonna, that's gonna fucking, that, that, that'll decimate her. I, gotta, I guess I gotta step in with my vampire powers. <sighs> oh, God. Um, but yeah, it, it, it it's a, so. Again, no one's driving to school in the snow. I, 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 I yeah, because this is what happens. This is what happens. Um, but the speed, the the description <laughs> of the speed here, like I, I, you know, I've seen people slide around in a parking lot. I've nearly been hit by a car sliding around in a parking lot before. Like it's it's scary, but like this is like described. Like this sounds like he hit a boost pad while driving towards her. The way it's <laughs> described, like it's hurtling, it's careening. Uh, it's, it spins, um, and slides to, so let me, let me find the actual paragraph here. Uh, just before I heard the shattering crunch of the van folding around the truck bed. So here we go again. Her truck owns this, this van that's hitting her. Uh, something hit me hard, but not from the direction I was expecting. My head cracked against the icy blacktop, and I felt something solid and cold pinning me to the ground. I was lying on the pavement behind the tan car I'd parked next to, but I didn't have a chance to notice anything else, because the van was still coming. It had curled (laughs) gratingly around the end of the truck, and, still spinning and sliding, was about to collide with me again. (sighs) Ah. That's so unlucky. This she she rolled like a one on this encounter. Like this is this is unlucky. It's fucking yeah. spinning towards her. Um, okay, okay. Here's my I I want to go though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> it's yeah. my turn. Uh, but I didn't have a full second to ascertain her condition. I heard the van behind us grating and squealing as it twisted around the sturdy iron body of the yes! ghost truck. Yes! It was changing course, yes! arcing, coming for her again as though she were a magnet pulling oh, it toward fuck. us. <laughs> Holy fuck. This is this is like <laughs> This is like Stephen King. This is Christine. This car wants to uh, kill Bella. And this certainly wouldn't help, but there was no way I was going to allow the van to succeed in its second attempt to take her life. Oh, my God. It is Christine. It's Christine. <laughs> <laughs> this is incredible. Yeah, the, the 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 heights that this reaches with its action, I was not ready for. I was... I was... Because <laughs> this is... I mean, like like, again, this is so slow it, like nothing happened last chapter it's plotting but you know in a sort of deliberate uh kind of hazy way uh you know the 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 tone is so dour and 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 slow and then the fucking like cyber truck comes and and <laughs> starts attacking her out of nowhere it happens so fast it is really funny it rocks. It rocks. It's exciting. It, it, it got my blood pumping. It's like, wow, something something's happening uh, in this chapter. It's exciting. Um, yeah. Um. So, Edward, from what I can gather from the description here, Edward vampire speeded over there and, like, 
pinned her to the ground and then like blocked the van with his shoulder because there's it also describes at one point there is like an edward shaped like dent (laughs) in the van like where his shoulder was which is awesome like yep um he's very concerned about this by the way he's like someone is gonna notice this edward shaped dent fuck yes oh this is this is fiction to me (laughs) Um, and, uh, uh, he, 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 so he, he, like, football tackles her to the ground and protects her from this van, and there's an Edward-shaped dent in the van, and then there's a very fun interaction between him and Bella in my, in my version, where Bella's like, damn, you got over here quick, and he's like, no, I didn't. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I was... (laughs) <laughs> the, the the tragedy of Edward is that he is he is being forced to gaslight Bella in this scene, which is like a completely insane position to put this character in. It's, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, that's pretty much mine as well. He's like, oh god damn it! Now I'm first. First, I had to juggle this van. Uh, literal words, by the way, he says mm-hmm. that he juggles the van, and now I have to gaslight Bella for the rest of the chapter. <laughs> So I I have a theory that I want to run past you a question about your version. Sure. So I in that section I just read, Bella's head cracked the pavement it says. Yeah. Did Edward intentionally get let her get a little bit knocked out hoping that she would pass out and not remember? No, that would be way too interesting. He is okay. aghast. He is miserable about this. Oh. And is, spends the rest of the time oh, extremely okay. worried that she is concussed and it's going to be his fault, etc., cetera, et cetera. Okay, I was wondering if maybe that was a little bit of vampire calculus of like, okay, well, I'm going to save Bella, but I can't reveal that I'm a vampire. So if I just let her noggin get a little bit... <laughs> smacked around maybe she'll no, forget no that would that would be <laughs> at least interesting sort of <laughs> i mean it'd be um, completely but no. insane but like <laughs> first i gotta bonk your head on the pavement <laughs> now i gotta gaslight you for the rest of the chapter yeah i mean like you know it's because it's like he's you know he's saving her he's a little conflicted i was wondering if maybe it's a little like well i don't want to save her too hard you know because like yeah i'm a cool detached vampire protagonist right like that would be sick he's not (laughs) he's not the cool detached vampire protagonist like at all yeah i i love this this whole thing rocks so so it was tyler driving the car everyone uh, uh rushes to to help him to extricate him from his his uh evil van i guess that was trying to kill bella um this conversation that Bella and Edward have where she's like, thanks for saving me. How'd you get over here so fast? It's so good. He is like, do you remember, did you you ever play Oblivion? This is, this is a reference I reach for a lot. I realize, but uh, you know, no, I did not play Oblivion. Okay. In Oblivion, there is a, there is a mini game you can play with any character. To, like, uh-huh. improve their mood, to, like, let them give you other quests or talk to you more or whatever. <laughs> okay. Where you have to, like, spin this wheel around, and it's like you can either boast, tell a joke, ask a question, or give them money or something like that. Or maybe, like, threaten them. Like, it, it's, uh-huh. it, it's so it's, like, this insane minigame you have to play. But, like, 
because it's Oblivion and it was the whole thing was designed to like um show off the faces and the face animation, the completely mm-hmm. bizarre face animation. You'll you'll go from one, you'll like tell you know, you'll like give them fifty gold and like, oh thank you, kind sir. And then you'll you'll boast at them and they hate that and, and they'll go like Get out of my sight! You know they'll just like suddenly become <laughs> angry. That is yeah. what this this Edward conversation feels like. Like <laughs> he's yeah. like he's like thanks for you know she's like thanks for saving me and he's like the uh you know no no problem. <laughs> so she says, um, "You were over there." I suddenly remembered, and his chuckle stopped short. You were by your car. His expression turned hard. No, I wasn't. <laughs> like. I, I, <laughs> I saw you. All around us was chaos. I could hear the gruffer voices of adults arriving on the scene, but I obstinately held on to our argument. I was right, and he was going to admit it. Bella, I was standing with you, and I pulled you out of the way. He unleashed the full devastating power of his eyes on me, as if trying to com- uh, communicate something crucial. No. <laughs> the gold in his eyes blazed. Please, Bella. Why? I demanded. It's so good. It's like t- two Oblivion characters talking to each other. It- yeah, yeah. She she rocks in this scene. Yeah. Like, he's so dopey, mm-hmm. kind of. And, like, really, from his perspective, it's almost um, identical. He's, like, I mean, really, it is it is what it is on its face. He He's, like, I can't let her know that vampires are real. And so he tries to, like, put his charm on mm-hmm. um, and does the, like, suave vampire thing. And he's very confident in it. And then every time she's, like... No, why? No, you weren't. He like <laughs> goes like, damn, like God damn it, like what? Yeah, what the fuck? I love, um, I, I love this. I love that all. Like, I, I, uh, so, some of this is so bittersweet for me because I know that it just becomes a fantasy about like having a husband and becoming pregnant or whatever. Yeah, but but the part of this that I'm enjoying so much right now in these early chapters is. Like, rather than, like, being, like, oh, the power of love story or whatever it is, it's, like, <laughs> the the only woman who can crack this, you know, cold vampire exterior is a, is someone who is just insanely cynical. <laughs> like... <laughs> Yeah. It, it it takes the most stubborn, cynical, depressed woman to get through Edward's hard vampire shell. I love that idea. That's fucking that, right. That, like, like, you know, if if it was, you know, any other story where, you know, where the 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 handsome hero stepped in to rescue the damsel, he, you know, and and she'd be like, "Oh, I thought you were over there," and you know he'd be like, no, "No, I wasn't," and she'd be like, "Oh, I must have misremembered." But but she he's she's just like, "No, no, you like no, you weren't. You were over there. I saw you, stupid." Like, <laughs> it rocks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my favorite, um, other than the like excitement of the action sequence, I think my favorite characterization that happens in my reading is honestly like this is very silly. Um, but as she's driving up. Edward, um, and Edward's like always noticing stuff about her. He doesn't notice anything else <laughs> that's going on at any time. Um, but but he says, the girl drove slowly into view, her eyes intent on the road and her hands tight on the wheel. She seemed anxious about something. It took me a second to figure out what the something was, to realize that every human wore the same expression today. Ah, the road was slick with ice, and they were all trying to drive more carefully. I could see she was taking the added risk seriously. That seemed in line with what little I had learned of her character. I added this to my small list. She was a serious person, a responsible person. 
And I just kind of like yeah. that he's just like, she is very serious. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. She, I, like, like she's, she is similar to what we were talking about last week and a little bit with, with uh, uh, this week as well. Like, Bella has sort of been forced to be more of an adult than maybe some other other people her age would be right like more responsible and self-reliant and stuff and like that really comes through in the dialogue a lot and like the situation at all the fact that she will not budge on this like no i saw you over there like what are you talking about like it's she it's fun i i i i think that her character at this point is very very strongly defined in a way that like i'm just so surprised i guess i guess that's why i keep coming back to this is like i'm so surprised by this because everything i heard about twilight just like through making fun of twilight being a like pop culture pastime you know Mm -hmm. was that bella was just a damsel in distress and she even makes a joke about being a damsel in distress like in this chapter in, in in my version like like she's like exasperated by the concept of it right like like uh, right. Uh, perhaps it was because I was a novelty here where novelties were few and far between. Perhaps my crippling clumsiness was seen as endearing rather than pathetic, casting me as a damsel in distress. Whatever the reason, Mike's puppy dog behavior and Eric's apparent rivalry uh, with him were disconcerting. I wasn't sure if I didn't prefer being ignored. Right. Like, again, just very cynically like, oh, God, everyone thinks I'm a damsel. Right. Like, it's really, I don't know. She's well defined. Yeah. Uh, Now, in that uh, same vein, I think that like one of the other big criticisms of Twilight is is characterizing Bella as a not like other girls um, type of character, because um, it's like uh, the the other side of the coin of, say, Edward being like, wow, I like her because she's very serious Mm -hmm. is sort of the unsaid um, well, because all other high school girls are very silly, right? Right, and, like she and is not to be taken seriously. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's a yeah. That is a thin tightrope to walk, right? Uh-huh. Of, of like, I I am very charmed by how it's being presented now because it feels different from what I was expecting, right? Right, and and, and also just like taken by itself, I think it is a well defined character uh right it could so easily and probably will slip into that i mean like it, it it's like you can have you can have a character whose thing is that like oh i'm you know i am the archetypical like not like other girls girl right um mm-hmm. if if that is like the point and like that is like a, a a part of her character right it's just like because i think especially because this is such a um uh stephanie meyer ass book right like (laughs) as as you've said she's very close to the surface in this right yeah um we we read that thing last week where she said when i moved to utah i became an eight right yeah (laughs) Um, like like she is not she is never far from the characterization here and so i think that maybe the closer it gets to being like oh this is not a character this is like the author's real world opinion that stuff is going to get a bit less charming right right Right. I mean, I think that uh, um, Bella, it almost takes it to an extreme that it almost feels silly to say, to to make that kind of criticism. Mm-hmm. Although I'm sure it kind of has an ebb and flow to it. Yeah, it, it, it'll be really interesting to read more. Because the thing is, is like, I am so enamored with her presentation of uh, as a character at the moment. But like, I know where this is all going, right? Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I know where this ends up. I know, 
I know that this end ends with some of the most bizarre pregnancy-related fantasy stuff, right? Like, hey, I've already had a vivid uh, wedding imagining. Oh, really? In oh, yeah. yeah. Cause, oh, oh cause that's he's right. Like, he, yeah, he's thinking about like going away because because that was what Carlisle was like. He's like, we have like number one, we have to make sure you don't kill Bella. Um, mm-hmm. So if that means that you go away for two years, if we say that you were at boarding school or or whatever, she'll be gone by then, right? She's going to graduate high school, go to college, whatever. And he mm-hmm. has this, like, vivid imagining of her in a wedding dress being, like, walked down the aisle by her dad. And, <laughs> it's like, and he's like, I don't know why this upsets me so much. <laughs> so i mean that is kind of a, see it, it's such like like i said it's such a tightrope right because it's like I, I i i i buy bella as a character right now um and i still would, would i i would buy it a lot less if it just became like you know like the inherent worldview of the story and the the opinion of the author rather than like the character, you know what I mean? It's it's mm-hmm. really tough. Like the, the 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 Edward the Edward gaslighting stuff is very similar, right? Where mm-hmm. it's like in context in this chapter right now, I think that stuff rocks because like of course that's the moral calculus he has to do as a vampire, right? As like okay, well, I literally can't reveal that vampires are real. That would either, it would one, make vampires mad, and two, like, probably blow this person's mind, right? Like, um, and so, like, he is forced to be a real fucking asshole here in a way that is, like, sort of, like, tragically funny is sort of my read on it in this chapter specifically, right? Where it's like, why does he keep wheeling between being effortlessly charming and a, and a fucking prick it's like well because he's a vampire right like that's there's a sort of like dark comedy to that that's really fun um i imagine that like as they it's almost like this is a this is a romance that is like going to get worse as they get more romantically involved if that makes right. any sense you know yeah because like i think what i'm enjoying about it so much now is like their conflicts are fun um because because, oh yeah like like they are so impossibly different um and the closer they become that stuff is going to break down and 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 kind of reveal what the true nature of like the author's idea of romance is and that's where it's gonna i think kind of clatter apart right yeah yeah i mean i i i totally agree that like literally the line where he just says like no i wasn't yeah is so funny um I think that my biggest complaint is that I I think that the only reason that I would want to read this scene from Edward's perspective would to be to find out the why in more detail. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, it's kind of obvious in some ways, right? He's a vampire. He's clearly trying to live um, a secretive life. Otherwise, mm-hmm. why would he be trying to pretend to be human at high school? Right. Um, but he offers basically no insight into why that is just like bothering me more and more because he he is very upset like when when she starts pressing him he's like he says I, I like I have to he doesn't even say like I need to protect my family but he was like they'll find them out and I just I'm so desperate for the like okay and then what 
Like, why? Because <laughs> right. I think that there are, like, several possible reasons, why, like, what he thinks. I'm just like, are humans dangerous to you? Are you secretive because of the, like, Italian vampires that'll come kill you if you find out? Is there, like, a masquerade sort of mm-hmm, situation? Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe I'll find out more as we go, but it, I just... I don't know if I wanted to write something from the perspective of the of the vampire after writing my um, (laughs) my original book, it would probably be to learn something more about the motivations of the vampires themselves. Yeah, yeah. Like like I was expecting when when I I read this chapter and realized how it was playing out and like how the, um, you know, the vampire secrecy stuff was playing out. I was like, i bet there's a fun version of this from edward's perspective where he's like got like you know vampire angel and vampire devil on his shoulder being like oh just let the car hit her problem solved right like you you won't have to deal with this problem anymore versus like no i should save her but i risk you know breaking the masquerade at that point right like that th- th- there's fun i mean like it's really basic stuff right but it's like really fun obvious fantasy story stuff that that is being played with here that i feel like could be expanded upon in like an entertaining way from his perspective um it, it, given that it would be written with the interiority that bella has i think because bella uh-huh. is so well defined in this so far right and it sounds like edward is not getting the same treatment really no i mean he just says that he's anxious about his family mm-hmm. but not why or what or what could happen um, if they were found out and, and really he just goes back and like is just having the conversation very little interiority but then every time she presses him he's like he I think at one point it says like he sobers again yes like, okay yeah that's it yeah yeah it, it, it's uh, it, yeah I don't know like it, it, it's it's difficult to feel so so we actually had a very interesting comment uh, on on the patreon um posting of the last episode where someone pointed out like this is for twilight fans right uh-huh so there there's probably nothing that surprising that could be written about edward here but that makes it very interesting to think about because it's like okay well then like hmm why what 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 was stephanie meyer thinking when she was like i'm gonna write this from edward's perspective you know like what what is she bringing to the table here that's new or different or like 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 what what is going to define edward differently in a new book than we got from him as a you know as a character being related to by a different first person character cuz like i my like the 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 read that i got on edward here and why he vacillates so quickly between um uh uh, uh nice and 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 mean like I I feel like that's almost enough, right? Like I I get it. He's a vampire. He can't reveal that he's a vampire and that causes him to have to lash out to like protect his secret or whatever. And like I'm good with that, really. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like sure. picture painted at that point. And so I'm just so curious like like what is going on in Midnight Sun that's like, "Oh, like have you have you as someone who has read Twilight and is aware of Twilight lore and stuff are you reading this and like learning anything about edward so far like like what has anything surprised you um i i guess there's are some like unanswered questions about his character that 
I have been dismayed to find out about. <laughs> I, I think that I think the main one is one that like I have mentioned before, which is I wasn't sure how they were gonna play his age. Oh sure, yeah. Right, and 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 from what I can tell, if it is going to decide on anything, he does end up defaulting to like being old and kind mm-hmm. of emphasizing the age difference rather than. Uh, in my opinion, the good way to go of just like he's perma nineteen, right? Right. Um, yeah. Or whatever, however old he is. Um, but but like, ha- has there been anything surprising? No, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that's like the weird part, right? It's just like this is Twilight from Edward's perspective, but like nothing so far, anyway. Like nothing, nothing new has happened. Other, I guess, than him suppressing the urge to snap six necks in six seconds or whatever. Yeah, but but quite <laughs> frankly, the first chapter feels like a weird outlier, which I think that um, we were reading her FAQs at some point, and she talked about having just written the first chapter just because it's, it was an exciting idea to her. Yeah, um, that's true. Which yeah. is sort of funny. I, it almost, <laughs> in retrospect, that's like sort of charming to me because it's like so absurd and i can see the angle of like of the excitement of writing that um (laughs) but then the rest of it feels just completely different he's he doesn't have that same like uh desperation that he did in the first chapter (laughs) i suppose her her saying that that first so it's really funny we 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 read a little bit of her faq section on the website last week Mm -hmm. and and that mentions the um the first uh edward perspective chapter from midnight sun where he thinks about snapping six necks or whatever um and and she mentions that she wrote that chapter on its own like you say for fun right and like the, you know it was it was an exciting thrill for her that to me feels like the writerly version of like when it's 4 a.m and i can't sleep and i like look up plane crashes on wikipedia or something right like, <laughs> right? like it's just like you're just wallowing in something like like depressing or disturbing for a little bit because you can't think of anything else to do like yeah like i get it but like i don't know if this needs to be in the book and it and the fact that it was written on its own and not part of a wider story f- at first, right? Like I said, like, here's what Edward's thinking. He's thinking about fucking shit up. Yeah. It's very funny to me. Yeah. I mean, I mean that's kind of like, that. that is what it's like, right? Like, he's thinking about fucking shit up. But then as soon as we start moving on, it is literally just a perspective shift, but it is in essence, as far as I can tell, just literally the same story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, huh? That is that is really interesting. I, I mean, like, I guess we got the the scene where he goes to Alaska. Like, that's something. Yeah, um, and I had this this scene with Carlisle where yeah. um, I think the point of it, outside of just his planning and his decision making about whether to stay or leave, um, mm-hmm. I assume is an effort to kind of characterize their um, their relationship because mm. it does answer that sort of question of um, you know, are they are they vampire colleagues? And it's like, no, Edward really does think of Carlisle as his Father as his dad and adopted dad. But I think that that is information that we do get from okay. from normal Twilight. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Okay. I guess. I guess maybe this will be a question and like an idea to return to once we have like a more di- divergent chapter, right? Because mm-hmm. like 
I think we're looking at that chart we have of like how the chapters line up. I think yours wanders off in some interesting directions at some point. Mm-hmm. So, so maybe maybe we'll like learn something new new to the series there or something. Right. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I guess my criticisms are a little unfair to, to be to say like I want to learn more about the vampires <laughs> when really it um feels like it is written to confirm what we already want to be true about Edward from a Edward fan perspective. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah. Right? yeah. But for me reading it, I'm like, I'm not learning anything new. I this is what I was supposed to get out of original Twilight. So mm-hmm. I already knew all of this because yeah. it is it is the wish fulfillment. Yeah. Yeah. This is not my wish. I, f- I find him <laughs> to be very unappealing, but that's all right. Oh, speaking of Carlisle, we get our first scene with him in my version. Uh, Gent- after the gentle crash. vampire, he's so so so. He walks into the doctor's office, um, uh, and uh, uh, doctor or, or I guess Bella, you know, Bella and Tyler have been taken taken to the hospital. Um, a doctor walked around the corner and my mouth fell open. He was young, he was blonde, and he was handsomer than any movie star I had ever seen. Uh-oh, Edward. <laughs> he was <Uh-oh>. pale. <laughs> he was pale though and tired looking with circles under his eyes. This had to be Edward's father. Um this whole scene is bananas. Uh <laughs> I don't know how Carlisle has managed to stay undercover. Uh, because he is the worst doctor on planet Earth, from what I can tell. <laughs> no, he's the best doctor. He, Don't worry about it. He comes in, so like two two teenagers have been in a car crash, um, and he walks in, and I guess, you know, Ed, Edward, I'm sure, has explained the situation to him. But he's just like, all right, well, we're getting you out of here. <laughs> like, and he says, he says at one point that she can uh, take some Tylenol for the pain. Yep. Of like smacking her head against the concrete, which is really funny. Like, yeah, I I had a similar thing where I felt like I skipped a scene because it's like the end where they do all the tests and then the doctor comes in and is like, "Okay, you're free to go." Except yeah. you like skip the part with the actual doctoring. Yeah, yeah, he com- he comes in with like Ed- so at first Edward comes in and he's like got this big shit eating grin on his face, which is very funny. Um. And, you know, he's very charming. He's like, oh, yeah. Uh, oh, God, what does he say? Uh, oh, he asks if she's sleeping. And then he it turns out he was standing at the foot of her bed smirking. So he, he's just lording this up. Like, he's just like, this is funny. Like, I, you can't ask me about being a vampire here. Nah, 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 nah. Like, we'll just, <laughs> uh, really lording it over her here. Uh, and then the doctor walks in and is like, what's up? You can go home, have some Tylenol. <laughs> like just does not like, he says like her x-ray looks good or something. Yeah. And so that's... when was the x-ray taken? <laughs> I guess. Do you, she... Did you have that scene? She gets out of the ambulance. I'm just trying to see. Is there. Okay. Yeah. They wheeled me away to x-ray my head. Uh, so it's one <laughs> sentence. <laughs> they say one okay. sentence after she's in the ambulance. They wheeled me away to x-ray my head. I told them there was nothing wrong. And I was right. Is what she says. So 
so from mine, he's so worried about her hitting her head and so worried that he, like, hurt her, like, concussed her or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so he, like, zooms ahead to make sure that he is the one to examine her. And it's like, you get this whole thing about how he's, like, the best doctor in the world because he's been doing hands-on medicine for, like, hundreds of years or whatever. And in that moment, Edward thinks to himself, he's like... Because uh, he's like looking at Bella and is like, I think she's fine. But he's like, my several years of studying theoretical medicine is nothing to Carlisle's hundreds of years of practicing oh my God. medicine. That's so, okay. I can I just indulge in a little like like wish fulfillment here yes. for like how Twilight should go. Mm-hmm. Carlisle should be constantly be making. Uh, joking, haha, or am I? References to like really outdated medical practices. Oh, uh. he, yeah, he should have walked in and just deadpanned, like, yeah, sorry, we're gonna need to do some trepanning on you or something. Just kidding. <laughs> your bile is too high. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, your 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 fucking uh, uh, phlegm is out of control. We're gonna have to juice some of that out of you. Um, <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. Or am I? Uh, we've got it. Well, we you know, aside from the leeches, uh, you're free to go. <laughs> like I just want him to, you know, yeah, that would be very cute. I mm-hmm. pure pure wish fulfillment. I just want Carlisle to talk about old timey medicine stuff. He should have a plague doctor mask that he walks in with. Oh yeah. <laughs> If you just walked in, I'm, I'm sorry to say your head's fine, but <laughs> <I've> been, <laughs> something else has come up. Um, but he's just sort of like a non-character in my version, really. He he walks in, says they're free to go, and then uh, Bella and Edward kind of argue about the vampire stuff in the hallway. Um, and this conversation is interesting, I will say. Like, she she continues to press him on this and you know he's you know he's very 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 charming and funny one moment and then she starts asking him about this again and he immediately gets pissed off again and he's like nope you hit your head you don't know what you're talking about uh he's very rude to her uh, but she won't give it up and like i i like this exchange a lot like it's again i guess it's like like what i was saying like their romance works so much better when they are not actually romantically involved so far. Like, yeah, they're the, fun. It is a fun conversation. Yeah, the conflict is great. Um, at least from you know my version, my perspective, I I really enjoyed it. Like, like I mean, he, yeah, one character has a secret, the other one's on to on to them. It's it's just fun. Yeah, and, and and like he's presumably, I'm I'm guessing, like, does he say anything at all about like, is this the first time he's ever really been challenged on any of this stuff? Like, is this is this new for him? He doesn't mention it in this, uh, like, context. I get, I think that earlier they, he kind of, because they talk about the logistics of how he might leave. And so there's a part of it where he's like, logistically, I could have my whole family leave with me, but they'd never forgive me, except I've moved for them before. So it's kind of like hazy. There's no specifics. Mm-hmm. But, like, they have, and I'm not sure, I don't know if that means they've been found out, or, like, they think that their cover is blown. Unfortunately, there's no, like, oh, this happened when when Jasper, uh, I was gonna say, had, like, showed his fangs, but that can't happen in Twilight. Oh, <laughs> um, fuck, that's right, they don't have fucking fangs, what's they with don't that? Have, they don't have fangs. What is with that? 
That yeah. What is with that? So the van. We, this was another. This was from. We found th- this is going to be great fodder for future episodes. Um, the Twilight Lexicon has correspondence between the owner of the website and Stephanie Meyer, and it's just like asking a bunch of lore questions. Yeah. And one of them is like what do their fangs look like or like where are their fangs and she says my vampires don't have fangs they don't have fangs what does that mean like do they just like bite you like bite you bite you yeah (laughs) yeah because because she said at like another time like their teeth are so sharp and hard they don't need fangs so but that then that's a fang that's what a fang is no they're i mean (laughs) (laughs) i mean i guess it's like what when I think of vampire strength, right? I don't think that they can literally get hit by a car and make a dent, like a Edward shaped dent in the car. That's Superman, right? Yeah, yeah, that's but it's true. sort of similar to that. It's like they have yeah. like vampire strength, but in their teeth. So, so when you so 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 describe to me your like ideal vampire mechanics like what 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 is it for you how because to me uh vampire fangs i think work like like reverse snake fangs if that makes Mm. sense we're like you know like snake fangs are hollow and they like shoot venom into into you oh really yeah because you milk you you milk a snake through the 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 fangs right maybe i'm insanely stupid and this is wrong right but like i'm pretty sure like like they inject stuff through the fang and so I've always imagined it like vampire fangs are like that in reverse, where like they they suck it up through the fang. I could see that, but that's like that's never. I'm I guess very like classical, right? Yeah. Like they they puncture with the fangs, and then they and then they get to suck in. Hold on, I need to. I don't, I don't think they keep their fangs in in you to to like help suck the blood out i'm gonna i need to look this up i need to make sure i'm not making this up Snake about have... snakes or about vampires M- both <laughs> <laughs> okay hold on uh-oh uh-oh uh most snakes do not inject venom into their victims using hollow fangs but most so you're saying i could hollow okay googling hollow fangs am i uh I just... okay but where would the blood go into the their gums? fangs of most deadly venomous snakes are syringe-like. That is, they're long, thin, hollow, and have a beveled tip like a syringe. They've evolved to de- deliver a liquid venom under pressure. Hence, the venom can be delivered quickly. In her- okay, so some do. So some do, just not all of them. I'm not, I'm not totally stupid. Here. I, for vampire stuff, for me, yeah. I go with, like, the rule of sexy, right? Mm-hmm. So they like to make the they like make the incision with the fangs and then slurp it up. Yeah. Yeah. And, I don't know because I'm okay. So in the hollow fang suck up scenario. Yeah. Where does the blood like? Are they swallowing it or is it like infusing into their into their bloodstream via their gums? I I I because like I yeah I guess I've not really thought of it that far. But I would imagine uh-huh. that it, like, you know, it, like, enters their bloodstream or, like, you know, m- magically infuses them with power or whatever. Uh, to be clear, I am still on team, like, it should be sexy slurping, right? Uh, like, uh-huh. because, like, not all of it, not all of it is going to, like, cleanly get, like, sucked up into the fang hole, <laughs> right? Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. They were learning so much about our vampire opinions here. This is great. Do you think so- they have like tubes? Like are there like special special little like feeder tubes from the fangs into their yeah maybe yeah like i guess i haven't thought of like the anatomy that far ahead just the part where it's like oh well snakes can inject venom through a fang so maybe vampires can unject blood through a fang you know what i mean like i feel feel like this is like hurting my teeth to imagine like i've got i need i need some damn sensodyne up in here because i just some like you just, it sounds like it hurts. I can't like the idea of sucking anything up through your teeth is kind of ouch. I guess that's a little unsexy. It yeah. is yeah. a little it's, bit. It's a little yeah. Okay, okay. See that that's that's my that's just been my go to like presumption like uh, assumption that's... about how vampires work is that they are like literally like sucking it up a little bit. That's very interesting. <laughs> I see. I I think our I think our versions are like similar because you know obviously it's still like messy, sexy, bloody, slurpy. You know, like with 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 this, it's just <laughs> that, like that's the that's the anatomy of it is that they they can do it through their fangs. Is kind of how I've okay, always okay. Okay. You know. I think of the fangs more as just like weapons. Yeah, right? they've got like big teeth that they cut you up with, and yeah, then, and then slurp. Okay, right. Okay, well, sound off in the comments this episode. How do you think vampire fangs work? I want to know all the different versions that people have read or come up with. Do you, I guess you don't know enough about Edward Vampire yet. Because no. he just, like, literally just zoomed over and, like, blocked a car. Right. Well, I, <laughs> yeah. I feel like he's Superman. I feel like yes. he has lost the essence of vampire. I know, like, it's so... Uh, boring to hear about like oh you the vampires sparkle and i don't have a problem with the sparkly vampires mm-hmm. but i'm just like at some point you are just it, it, it's the it's the ship of theseus right mm-hmm. and you've like i'm just like the, uh, the essence of the vampire is gone and at the end of the day you're like superman with a drawback except the drawback is they have to eat which is just kind of normal right right like they, if it was like they have to drink human blood Okay, that's mm-hmm. a drawback. But like, if you can drink deer blood, then you just have to eat. Yeah, right. Yeah, you might as well just like have a deer steak at that point, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. So, so the Superman thing is very interesting. I've been uh, watching the animated Superman cartoon recently. Oh. Um the 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 nineties one. Sure. Um, and one, it's great. But like, two, there are so many things in that that feel like twilight is also borrowing from because like the the like clark not telling lois that he's superman thing like this that's the same fucking thing right like like superman like clark will be there one thing at one moment and then lois will get in danger and then he will suddenly like you know run off screen and become superman and she'd be like oh clark was just here and he, he'll be like no no he wasn't or like oh i didn't see him <laughs> or whatever right like it's the same thing um yeah but it, it, yeah, like he has super speed and super strength is his thing, is Edward's thing in 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 this so far. Like he he has not he has not done anything, I, I guess, other than like try to convince the receptionist to let him change classes, which isn't anything to do with Bella, or or rather not 
not an interaction with Bella, it's just one that Bella walks in on. He hasn't done anything, like, classically vampiric yet around her. And his mind, he doesn't have any, like, he's just a guy at the end of the day in his own mind, right? Yeah. He doesn't have, a like, trouble being, like, human. He's, like, too good at it. Except for, like... Yeah, he is, except for, and, like, the things that he has trouble appearing human on are, like, very, like, physical things, like, Mm -hmm. oh, I have to remember to breathe, but that's just kind of a, like, an inconvenience. Like, the the bit where he accidentally crushes the, like, underside of the desk and has to, like, smooth it out, right? Uh Like, that is Clark Kent at the Daily Bugle, or the Daily Planet, sorry, sorry, don't yell at me, nobody, nobody yell at me about that one. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the daily Uh-oh. planet the daily planet is where he works not the bugle um uh but, but 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 like that that yeah he's hiding his super strength he's hiding his like speed powers right and like he hasn't like bella has not like walked in on him uh he, like he's not had to like toss a rat carcass aside or or anything <laughs> right and be like no i no i wasn't i wasn't sucking on that you know like <laughs> Nothing. No, he hasn't done anything that would make her think he's a vampire yet. Right. Yeah. I don't know. It's weird. It's a I, <laughs> yeah. I did forget to mention that during the car thing, he in the Edward shaped dent that he had. At some point, he used his like super speed to stealthily change the indentation oh my god so that it didn't look like his shoulder or whatever that is so funny like oh while god. they were talking wait while they're talking yeah like he's just that fast maybe like maybe like the emt is there so like they're distracted or something but yeah oh like in god. the in the chaos he like uses his foot I think it's his foot to like un- to like change they, the way the indent looks. And they like didn't hear like the source engine like metal clanking sound or anything <laughs> in the background. Like- not. <laughs> oh yeah, this stuff is weird. I don't know. Like it's it's it, like uh, you know obviously no no reason not to invent your own vampire abilities right but no, like please do yeah but like he hasn't he has not had to you know he he's had he's having to lie and gaslight bella about his super strength and stuff and like it like it, it still works from a storytelling perspective like yeah he has to cover up how he how did he get over there so fast how did he block a car with his body seemingly but like he hasn't had to like i i don't know like he hasn't like shown up at like 3 a.m going like oh i you know i i just wasn't tired or whatever like like nothing nothing that would make anyone like he's in no danger at this point of her guessing that he's a vampire you know what i mean like yeah, he could be anything. Yeah, like like it, like she's gonna ask like, "Are you an alien? Are you are you Superman?" Like those are kind of more uh, uh, plausible at this point. I feel. I guess the one thing, the one essential vampire thing that we'll see how it pans out is his like cold dead body that he's got. Yeah, that's true. She has felt how cold he is, and I, I guess the the other one is that the vampire, the Cullens at lunch, they don't eat anything, right? Like they they just get sodas or whatever. Um, yeah. So so like th- th- there's a few clues there, I guess, but like it's 
it's really anyone's you know bella could guess fucking any fantasy creature at this point nothing nothing particularly vampiric about him so far (laughs) very funny um yeah i don't know i i enjoyed this chapter i i thoroughly uh had a good time with this like very silly conflict and the the ridiculous action it was like you know, the first two chapters were were fun, but like kind of similar, and this one delivered something different, I guess, which was yeah, it was entertaining, it was exciting. Yeah, I mean, I'll take I'll take a vampire intercepting a yeah. car careening around <laughs> around the corner. Right, like, that's yeah. hilarious. Yeah, that fucking rocks. It 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 ended up being a lot of fun. Um, uh, was there anything else in your chapter post? So so Bella leaves the hospital. Charlie's like, you gotta call your mom and tell her this happened, and then Bella goes to sleep, and it's, it just says, you know, that night I dreamed of Edward for the first time, or whatever, and that's where where I leave off. What, what, what does Edward do post-hospital? Nothing. I oh. leave off way earlier. They oh, have their really? argument. Um, uh, your question wasn't one that I was expecting or prepared to answer. I lost my hold on the role I was playing. I felt the mask slip from my face, and I told her this one time the truth. I don't know. I memorized her face one last time. It was still set in lines of anger. The blood not yet faded from her cheeks, and then I turned and walked away from her. Huh. Okay. Yeah. I, I think he's, like, playing... I think at some point he's like, I gotta, I gotta leave. So he might <laughs> be back to that again. But. Okay. Well. Interesting. I don't know. This is this this was a fun one. I I I feel like I probably maybe had a more interesting one this week. Um, did, did was there anything that like stood out as good or interesting in, in yours? Like, I mean, honestly, I think we ha- read the same thing. Yeah, it's really what I like. Yeah. I had a great time with it. The action was fun. Their conversations were funny. Um, I I don't get the Bella observations, but I think from just a like. I think that we just got the same, the same chapter here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is interesting. I, I feel like yeah. there is a lot less divergence than there was in the beginning. Yeah, yeah, because 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 Edward's internal thoughts were like you know even even when they were like both in the cafeteria or whatever we we still have to like establish a lot about his thoughts and like the vampire stuff and and whatever. And so I guess maybe now we're getting to like get the characters closer more often i guess without mm-hmm. having to establish that stuff so that, that, that yeah that's interesting mm-hmm. um big question on my mind though sure a- about the bit that's in your chapter that's not in mine yeah when they are running through the woods hunting the deer yeah is carlisle still dressed as a doctor <laughs> i don't think i get a good i don't think i get a description um so i can only assume that he is <laughs> just running around in a lab coat definitely Gosh. I, i'm like there's just no description yeah that's that's really my standout criticism so far i guess is that they're the the descriptions are few and far between and what's there i mean like i i i know that handsomer is technically a word but it was still jarring to me to to read that uh carlisle was handsomer than anyone she'd ever seen before like how how has the um i guess like writing quality felt to you i don't really know what i'm asking has it changed at all because that's that's my biggest thing is i think that mine has improved from the first chapter Mm -hmm. 
And I'm sort of wondering, because I, I know there was all that, like, drama with Midnight Sun and it getting leaked and all the all this stuff and her saying that she wasn't going to publish it. And and I still feel like the first chapter is such a an odd, uh, like, outlier. Mm-hmm. And now that I'm sort of into it, it reads more like I remember Twilight reading. Like, it is it is exceptionally readable. There are some weird moments that stand out. I, I can't think of a good example, but similar to, like, Handsomer, where I'm like, well, yeah. okay, like, I guess so. Um, but overall, it's just, like, fine. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think, honestly, fine is about where I, like, it is extremely readable. Um, it It is... I mean, like, like when it, when it's at its best, I think that the um, the the again, I I know I keep leaning on this, but like the noirishness of it, right? Like, really carries it. Where like, w- when it has a strong voice, I can excuse nearly any word choice, right? Like, yeah, like, like the and and for a lot of the time, when when Bella is, you know, opining on stuff, her um, her language is so well-defined and so like clearly her as a character speaking it it that th- those are the moments when when it, it it works for me it still also definitely feels kind of rough in spots um i mean like like the handsomer thing uh a lot of like just like the so i think a lot of it is it is that it feels rough and like what it's just not showing and like what it's lacking entirely mm-hmm. like like at the absence of certain things is strange we've talked about like the setting being very like ill-defined and stuff um uh th- and that that stuff really sticks out it it, it is um uh it, it and, and also i think to the moments where characters are feel like they're being forced to exposit um, right like that conversation she has with charlie about carlisle in the last chapter um uh-huh. where it's like this feels like blood being squeezed from a stone because um no other uh <laughs> no other character would like could could provide this information naturally at this point right and right so it's just like well i'm in the corner i better have a page long description of carlisle already right like it's mm-hmm. um so that stuff feels a little i mean like it's god i i i will say this i think um the the criticisms and praises that i have uh, in in kind here are basically exactly what I would say about uh, J.K. Rowling and the first Harry Potter book, right? Where it's like it's a little lacking in some departments, but it makes up for it with like a very strong voice, um, and that carries a lot of storytelling, right? Like just, just a good voice will take you anywhere. Yeah, I mean, if I was reading this more more recreationally. Mm-hmm. I guess I'd be like, yeah, it's fine. It's, like, extremely readable. There's, yeah. like, little hiccups that sort of annoy me, I guess. Like, maybe it's, like, I don't know. It's very silly. It sort of bothers me, like, when I'm like, oh, a chuckle slid through my teeth. I ha- and, like, there's turns of phrase that I'm just like, that is irritating to me. Mm-hmm. But other than that, it's just, like, completely fine. I-, I think the most interesting language thing that popped out to me in this chapter was that she likens Edward to a destroying angel at one point. Whoa! Right, which is a very Whoa. specific biblical reference, right? Like... <laughs> Wowee! Yeah, um... Yeah, I, I I don't really know what to make of that one. Um, In what context does that happen? Uh, let me find it. Where did she say? 
Uh, we scowled at each other in silence. I was the first to speak, trying to keep myself focused. I was in danger of being distracted by his livid, glorious face. It was like trying to stare down a destroying angel. Whoa, Bella. Yeah. Be- that Bella, rocks. Yeah, Bella fucking reaching deep into the Bible references uh, uh, pocket there. Um, That's fucking sick. Yeah, it's badass. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, you're like the destroyer. Okay, goddamn. (laughs) Fuck yeah. All right. (laughs) The Memetim are here. Fuck yeah. That's fucking right. I I have got one that I think is like a complete accident and is not nearly that cool. Um, But the one that made me uh, laugh is after he... um, uh, goes deer hunting with Carlisle because he's like trying to just be really full, right? Mm-hmm. From so that when so he doesn't give over to temptation or whatever, but he describes himself as almost feeling swollen with blood. Ugh. And I'm like, it's one, it's like really gross, but I'm also just like, it's so accidentally horny. Yeah, it's like. <laughs> It's like, oh, what else gets swollen with blood? (laughs) Edward felt like a giant boner. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, fuck. Yeah, that's that's the kind of, you know, that's the kind of thing like when, uh, when, whenever Harry Potter would use um, ejaculated to mean like exclaimed, right? It's Mm -hmm. like, you didn't, you didn't have to put that there. Like, why? (laughs) Why? Yeah, but at least that felt more just like a little bit of like, haha, I'm slipping something mm-hmm. naughty in here. Whereas this, I'm like, honestly can't tell what it is. Yeah, swollen with blood. I mean, like, the the, the thing that's funny about that is that, like, if, if that did appear in, like, some erotica, it would be equally funny, right? That's oh, just, yeah. That, like, that would just, that's just, like, not an appealing description of anything, right? No, it's, it's both unappealing and also <laughs> horny in a weird... <laughs> It's an odd delta. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Huh. Fun chapter, I gotta say. I had I had yeah. a lot of fun with this one. The um, mystery is afoot. The mystery is afoot. I wonder what her dream will be like. Oh, wait, I forgot one detail Ooh. that I thought was sort of interesting. Yeah. Um I, and and this is partially just me not really knowing the lore of Twilight very much, mm-hmm. and it being like many years since I um have read the originals. Um but Edward sees um, Bella's dad for the first time, and he can hear his thoughts, but he doesn't hear it, hear them in words. So that might, like, that's, like, oh. I don't know if that's, like, completely new information, but he, like, is thinking, he's like, oh, maybe this is a clue about why, like, it must be related, because he's like, I can't read his thoughts as well as most people, but he's not just like completely blocked from me. Like huh. Bella so he's is. just like seeing images or something. Like, yeah. So, I, huh. so I'm like, there's, I'm like, this is a cool thing. I want to hear more about this, um, which I can't say for, for most of it. Right. I'm like, <laughs> Oh, I hope that, hope that's got some payoff. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. That is very curious. That's, huh. I mean, that's neat for sure. Yeah. Maybe it'll mean something. Maybe it'll mean something. Yeah, that's the that I think that's kind of like where I am at with this book completely at this point is like there's a lot of cool ideas here. I hope it means something, right? Like 
<laughs> I wouldn't say I'm that optimistic. Yeah. But we shall see. Yeah, yeah. I'm, 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 you know, my prediction is going to be that I'm going to end up really liking like the first five or six chapters of this. Is kind of hey, where, what I'm these expecting. Had me, these had me on the hook until the first half of Breaking Dawn before okay. I rage yeah. quit. So yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm, 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 I'm into the. What, what you know the, like the general gist of things so far i mean i'm enjoying it yeah um all right how about we take a little break for now sounds good to me welcome back I mentioned earlier in this episode that uh, we had discovered the Twilight Lexicon and some of the fun correspondence they had with Stephanie Meyer on there. Um, And I figured we could poke around in that and and learn some lore um, uh, together. What do you think? Yeah, we need to study up. Yeah, we need to we need to get serious and kind of brush up on our our vampire and Cullen lore Um, before we do that. I just want to uh, uh, address one other thing that we discovered this week, which was the beef between the author of Twilight and the author of the Vampire Diaries. Yeah. What's going on there? Because I, I, we, we were just talking about like the show, The Vampire Diaries, mm-hmm. and I had forgotten, or maybe I just fucking never knew that it was based on a book from like the eighties and nineties. I think the first one came out in 1991 or something like that. Okay, but it's but it's like it's been around. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. And and I guess there are a lot of similarities between Twilight and The Vampire Diaries and there is a bit on the Vampire Diaries author's website where she's like, "Yeah, I know. Um I can't really do anything about it though." Which is really interesting. Yeah, yeah, I think it's something because people have made lists, right? They're mm-hmm. like these; these are all the th- and and there are some very passionate Vampire Diaries fans that are, you know, like, oh, Stephanie Meyer ripped off Vampire Diaries, um, and here's my detailed list of all the reasons. But yeah, I, I, the author of the Vampire Diaries said something along the lines of like, even if I had a list, what would I do then? Yeah, very interesting. I was not aware that there was this like deep vampire. Uh, uh, series rift between these two fandoms. Yeah, um, and I think that like Vampire Diaries, the books have had you know reasonable, t- you know teen like YA popularity mm-hmm. for their time. But I think most people think uh, because of the popularity of the Vampire Diaries television show that um that was a um knockoff of Twilight, like a big Twilight cash grab. Mm-hmm. And it certainly was in that I'm sure that that um motivated the desire to make a tv show that is is twilight like which now that i think about it is like pretty deft if they are so similar to find something uh old that is Mm -hmm. uh twilight adjacent um yeah it's very interesting it's very interesting i i would like to keep an eye on this just because like i love the vampire diaries tv show that's perfect like pay half attention to tv that i've watched like while working a bunch um so yeah, I am very curious to to dig into that uh, in future. I wonder if maybe maybe we'll find some of that in the personal correspondence stuff sometime. Maybe Perhaps. maybe Stephanie has addressed it because because uh, uh, um, the author of the Vampire Diaries certainly has. Um, so the Twilight Lexicon, uh, just as a, a debrief here, 
very similar to the Harry Potter lexicon, of course, which was a big website for a while. Um, uh, that was like a a pre fan wiki fan wiki. Um, it was like the 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 fan site where you could go to like learn all the book lore and stuff. And it's still very book focused. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no no Robert Pattinsons or Kristen Stewarts to speak of on this Aww. website. It's all illustrations. Um, uh, but they've got a lot of cool stuff. So they have uh, uh, a whole section of their emails with Stephanie Meyer where a bunch of lore is revealed. Um, uh, we've got the bios, timelines, and more section, which contains character bios, the timeline, places. And then this is where I started uh, uh, getting really excited. Cars, clothing, vampire mythology. So we have a lot to choose from here. Um, but before we dig into some of the exploration, uh, let's read a little bit from her uh, email correspondence. Yeah. Um, which contains some very interesting questions. These are all kind of in like a question and answer format where the, the owner of the website has asked Stephanie for some information to fill out their fan site with. Uh, first off, the most important one. Question. Other than Debussy, what kind of music does Edward listen to? Does he prefer classical, or has he a favorite modern style of music? This is so important. Edward likes a wide range of music. He has a lot of time on his hands for listening. He likes classical, jazz, progressive metal, alternative rock, punk rock, and some emo. He prefers indie rock to mainstream. He doesn't prefer rock over classical. He appreciates both. As a general rule, he doesn't like country music. Is this about him, or... (laughs) (laughs) That's the first thing I thought, too. Yeah, is this... Is this Edward's taste, Stephanie? Or perhaps... (laughs) It's so... It's so general alternative radio. It's so funny because it, it is... It is... What's so revealing about it is that it is very specifically unspecific, right? Like, like it, it's it's the kind of answer that you would expect to hear from someone you were just, like, met, like, out and about and asked this question, right? Like, oh, I like classical, I like jazz, I like emo, I like indie rock. It's just kind of like, eh, kind of all over the place. Whatever um, they're playing on the alternative radio station. yeah. Yeah, I lo- this is this is great cuz I, I I mean we've talked about like the playlists, right? We know exactly what these characters are listening to. I guess um, I always thought it was more like a mood than it was what they were literally listening to. Mhm. Or or like a if they were listening to. I guess that's the thing is that they are they are just in they are just listening to Linkin Park, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's the CD. That's the CD. He's or is that is it Bella or is it Edward that we found out last week was listening to Linkin Park in the car? Edward, I think. Yeah, it was something. Something like it was. You know, what what is so and so listening to in in this chapter? Um, I I love this because it's like it's such a weird answer for a vampire in that it like doesn't get into like. Why? Because he's like a thousand years old, right? So like he has like seen 
the evolution of music happened in front of him. I, I right? wish he so was like, a thousand years old. He's 90 years old. Oh, he's 90 years old. Okay. 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 So he's, he's 90 years old. So, okay. So he's, he's gone through like all the fucking, uh, like modern rock changes and stuff. Right. Um, he doesn't like country music at all, which is, it would be like the, the I feel like, you know, <laughs> unspoken here is that he does that nothing, Nothing mentioned about whether or not he likes uh, hip hop here. Um, well, so I no. really, f- I feel like we're getting a real uh, uh, he likes everything but rap and country answer here. Yes, <laughs> that's literally what this is. Uh, Edward, Come on, expand, Edward, Edward, expand your horizons a little bit, man. Come on. Uh, does Bella have an after-school job? I imagine her making a mess at work and getting fired for it, but that's just me. Haha. That's fucked up. <laughs> yeah. No, don't don't imagine scenarios like that for Bella. <laughs> so sad. Uh, Bella gets a part time job during her first summer in Forks to save money for college. Very responsible. Uh, when two, book two begins, she's been working at Newton's Olympic Outfitters for three months. Mike Newton is her coworker. A son of the owners, he has some influence on getting her the job. That doesn't come up in the book, though. Okay. Okay, well. <laughs> maybe it should have. I don't know. That, that one doesn't feel like a, a detail that like really needs to be cut. That's I love a- that Mike Newton's family, we have that background about the uh, uh, outdoor uh, clothing store that he, they own. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Charlie tells us all about that, I think, in in the previous chapter. Wait, really? Yeah, he he mentions it, I think. Like like oh, the the Newtons have a store cuz it's it's like part of his big Carlisle monologue, I think. See, this is the isometric RPG that we deserve. Exactly. This is what Twilight should be. Tell me I, more I be... about the Newton family. Yeah, I need dialogue trees. I I, I need <laughs> Yeah. Uh, here's the important one. We got it. We got to say the exact uh, wording of what we were talking about before. Do the vampires have fangs or not? Edward flashes his teeth plenty of times, and at no point do we ever see fangs. Do they grow and they hunt? Answer: My vampires do not have fangs. Their teeth are so sharp and strong that fangs are hardly necessary. They could bite through steel if so inclined. A human neck is like butter. Ha ha. <laughs> Ha-ha. Ha-ha. It does say ha-ha here. No way. A human neck is like butter, ha-ha. A human neck is like butter, ha-ha. Ha-ha. The non-vegetarian vampires don't leave like leaving victims unless they are changing someone into a vampire. Uh, This isn't the neat and tidy, two small holes in the neck kind of vampire attack that you see in other vampire mythologies. So they, like, eat people, basically. Huh. Wild. Interesting. Yeah, very interesting, which continues into a very interesting second follow-up here. Question, do the vampires have blood in their veins even though their heart no longer pumps? What would they ha- what would happen if they were cut or injured in some way? Oh, okay. Answer. Most human fluids are absent in my vampires. <laughs> most, huh? Mm, most. No sweat, no tears, no blood, besides that which they ingest. Okay, again, noticing uh, uh, something that is not being mentioned here. Uh, 
Uh, he can't he can't cry listening to his uh, occasional emo album. <laughs> they do sort of have a saliva. The venom makes their mouths wet, at least. Their venom makes their mouth wet. The venom makes their mouth wet. <laughs> when they drink blood, it runs through their body and makes them strong. It floods through their old blood ways. Though they don't have circulation anymore, it lightens their eyes and flushes their skin slightly. Their what? Their bloodways? Their bloodways. It flows through their old bloodways. This is some Carlisle medicine. Carlisle medicine. <laughs> I want Carlisle <laughs> to be talking about fucking like medieval lobotomies and shit. That would be awesome. The blood is in your bloodways now. You've got this too remind- much phlegm in your bloodways. <laughs> Oh, you're not sanguine enough. This is this is this is a disaster. <laughs> this reminds me of a question I answered recently. I thought it was pretty obvious, but then I do tend to think everything is obvious. One of my editor's greatest tasks is getting me to explain myself more thoroughly. Uh-huh. Yeah. Vampires who drink human blood have dark reddish irises that fade to black as they get thirstier. If a Cullen were to drink human blood, his or her eyes would turn burgundy. It takes about two weeks without blood for vampire eyes to go black. If that Cullen had then returned to an animal diet, his or her eyes would return to dark gold. So this is fable. So so if, yeah. you're, if you're a good vampire and you eat animals, uh, you get gold eyes. But were you to this? This is our fucking RPG. This is our isometric RPG. It was you, fable all along. If you feed on humans, you get burgundy eyes, and then if you feed on animals and remain just, you uh, you get gold eyes. Did that guy have tattoos to make you evil? <laughs> if I remember right, in the first fable, becoming evil meant your skin turned pale. You got horns, but they're like little Darth Maul horns. From what yeah, I remember. Yeah. And I think, I can't remember if the tattoos were part of it. I swear they, like, you got more evil points for, <laughs> for getting tattoos <laughs> Probably. or something. Those games are insane. You get good po- You also get evil points for eating meat, and you get good points for eating tofu in Fable. Wow. Like, they are bananas. They are very weird games. <laughs> Um, another eye note, brand, brand new vampires are recognizable by their eyes, which are a vivid bright red due to the massive amount of human blood that lingers in the tissue. That red fades slowly over the course of about a year. New vampires are also immensely strong for the first year of their life. Okay, well, so knowing that Edward was able to, like, stop a car crash? Yeah. What does that mean? Like... That's I don't know how you how you get stronger than um a human neck being like butter. <laughs> like butter. Uh let's see. Uh new vampires are immensely strong. Also a product of the excess of blood left in the body, this residual blood does nothing to affect thirst. Young vampires are always thirsty. It's mm. kind of terrible that the young ones are stronger than the old ones. Yeah, it seems like you if 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 you like wanted to overthrow vampire society, like you would just create an army of new vampires who were like extra strong. Like done. Right. War's over. Yeah. And since we're talking physiology, dot dot dot, 
I've had lots of people asking if vampires can have babies. So this must have been pre-Breaking Dawn. Oh, yeah, I guess so, huh? If Many someone... people have been asking. Yeah, when someone becomes a vampire, it's as if they are frozen in time exactly as they are at that moment. Uh, hair does not grow, nor do fingernails. That's why Alice's hair is so short. It was growing back from being shaved in the asylum. Ooh. Whoa. I can't wait to... Some representation is about to go off the charts, I bet, here. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, this applies to all changes, so a woman would no longer have any kind of ovulation cycle. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Stephanie, this is weird. This is really weird, I gotta say. If a vampire were cut, they would there would only be blood if he or she had freshly drunk blood and drunk a lot. Otherwise, there would only be a bit of venom. It would be like cutting into granite. Ugh. Yeah, or all the, when all the venom comes out. If there's no blood in the blood waves, then uh, <laughs> you're just going to get a little bit of venom out of that rock. Oh, my God. There is one other one from this section that I would like to at least dip into. Sure. She gave a talk at the BYU Symposium uh, where she was asked some very interesting questions. Uh, this is less of an um, interview because it's like a summary of a talk she gave at BYU. Um, but uh, uh, there's some stuff in here that we should return to later once we've gotten a little further. Sure. Because she mentions that her favorite people to talk to are reluctant readers, people who've, who never really liked to read books but felt inspired to read more after reading Twilight and New Moon, book people, and then people who, who say, you made me want to stop writing. She said she knows this sounds weird, but whenever she reads a really good book, she thinks to herself, I could never write a book that good. I should just give up. So she understands the compliment behind a statement like that. Huh. That's weird. <laughs> That's really weird. Hmm. I'll have to chew on that one a little bit. Yeah. Let's uh let's let's take a look in the um let's go through some of the sections here. Sure. Cars, clothing, or vampire mythology. What sounds good? <sighs> I wanna go into cars and find out if the van is in there, but I know it's not going to be. Oh, uh, we should take a look though. Um, yeah, let's, let's, let's take a look in the car section really quick. Cars. Cars owned by Bella, cars owned by Edward. Yeah, nothing but, nothing about, about Tyler's car, car. What about cars owned by Tyler? Cars owned by Tyler. Wow, I just, I, I guess spoilers here, but, uh, car, Bella gets some fucking cool cars in this. Yeah, yeah, I know it. <laughs> uh, let's dive into the vampire mythology. Mm-hmm. Okay, here are the sections. Appearance, eyes, speed, strength, weapons, physiology, blood, becoming a vampire, deviations from generic vampire legend. Okay, judgmental. Generic. <laughs> and uh, additional information. Where do you want to? Where do you want to poke around? I I can tell you where I don't want to poke around, and it's in eyes. I'm not interested. No more eyes. We don't. No care. more eye color. Uh, we 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 got some huge solidarity in the comments from people who also did not notice eye colors thank you thank <laughs> you everyone um i kind of want to check out the the strength section just because like i want to know what that's about yeah what? me too strength they're too strong uh let's see 
Oh, this is like an essay someone. This is interesting. This is almost like um, the Leaky Cauldron. You know how they have like the editorial section? Yeah. This is like someone's written like a little essay about Edward's strength. Uh, is there a cite- conclusion that he's too strong? Because I think he's too strong. Vampires are less capable of acting with rational thought and therefore are more likely to act through their natural animal instincts when they are thirsty. This explains why Bella is in so much danger when Edward hasn't been hunting. Uh, his inner strength comes to the fore as he admits, I couldn't live with myself if I ever hurt you. Wow. Okay. I was thinking of his literal strength. Yeah, no, this pivots, this, this pivot makes a big pivot to like, they're not just physically strong, they're emotionally strong, too. I think, I think that like, throwing a person across a room is really strong. Yeah. Being able to stop a car, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um. There is something here about um, uh, the 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 youthful vampire strength that is interesting. Oh, I do want to know more about that. Edward's iron strength is nothing compared with what it would have been after Carlisle first changed him. Meyer states that new vampires are immensely strong for the first year of their life, and uh, also a product of the excess of blood left in the body. This would imply that a vampire's strength dips before a feed, and that their energy-slash-strength levels are refueled by hunting. Uh, When asked about this, Stephanie Meyer explained that hunting makes a minimal difference to the physical strength levels of a vampire, as even a thirsty, thirsty vampire is capable of great feats of physical strength. Stephanie Meyer is clear that vampire strength is very much dependent on the individual. Emmett was colossally strong as a human and even more so as a vampire, but each individual vampire has their own personal range. Her choices are like for her vampire lore is so baffling to me. (laughs) Why just from an appeal standpoint, why would you want your young vampires to be stronger than your old experienced vampires? I mean, like, this paragraph explaining the vampire strength, like, contradicts itself several times here, right? Like, he would have been, it would have been nothing compared to what it would have been with after Carlisle first changed him. But also, uh, uh, Stephanie Meyer says that it makes a minimal difference to the physical strength levels. And also, they're really strong. But also, it depends on their personal strength, because Emmett's really strong. But also, we saw em- we saw Edward pick up a car. So, what does... What can Emmett do? I can't wait to meet Emmett. Like, what? what what's he gonna do? <laughs> this is the RPG. This is this this franchise needs a video game so bad. This franchise needs an RPG. We need our vampire isometric RPG. But it's like, why would the younger ones be stronger? Like, that's just so unappealing to me. This isn't like a real criticism. It's just like I don't understand why you would want it to be that way. Why would you want your like? cannon fodder enemies to be stronger than like your cool old vampires mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it doesn't make sense let's it's like oh you're yeah. just gonna get weaker and shittier the older you get when <laughs> you're a vampire that's, that's real just like life. real life yes yes exactly that's real life i'm already getting shittier as i age right like i want to be a vampire i want to live forever i want to get stronger that's the fantasy yeah <laughs> This is a good, I think this is a good dovetail. Should we check out the Deviations from Vampire Legend article? Yes. Okay. 
Vampires have existed in a variety of cultures almost since the dawn of time. Until the 19th century, they were believed to be monsters rather than the stereotype of a more aristocratic being who could infiltrate the world around us as popularized by Bram Stoker. Legend has developed since then, with shows such as Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> Which tackles concepts such as a vampire with a soul and a possible redemption for a creature previously believed to have no redeeming qualities. Bella lists her observations when she is researching on the internet. Speed, strength. Oh my god, is this going to happen? Is she going to Google vampires? She's going to bing it. Oh, fuck. Let's bing it. Let's bing it. Speed, strength, beauty, pale skin, eyes that shift color, and then... (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, and then Jacob's criteria, blood drinkers, enemies of the werewolf, cold-skinned and immortal... An excellent summary of vampire legend can be found on Wikipedia. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> Please click here. Swatpad again. Uh, so here we go. This is deviations. Number one, vampires are cold to the touch. This is definitely true in Twilight. Number two, uh, as they are dead, vampires do not need oxygen to survive. Again, this is true in Twilight. Bella notices from her first encounter with Edward that he continued to sit so still it looked like he wasn't breathing. Number three, vampires have pale skin and fangs. All the Cullens have very pale skin. Paler than me, the albino. Uh, that's a quote from the first book. Yep. However, the vampire, the twilight vampires do not have fangs because it's like butter. Because <laughs> the necks are like butter. It cuts through them like butter. Um, in many ways, uh, Myers vampires are much more violent than vampires of legend as their drinking of blood involves much more savaging of flesh than two tidy uh, fang holes in a neck. Damn. Uh, vampires can shapeshift and even fly, sometimes in the form of a bat. Bella asks about this when Edward offers to show her how he travels through the forest. Will you turn into a bat? I ask warily. It's fair to assume that Edward's response means that this stereotypical expectation is so far from true that it's laughable. Instead of flight, Stephanie Meyer's vampires have the skill of extreme speed and fast reflexes. I'm going to take flying over that, I gotta say. Absolutely. Again, she's really not following the rule of sexy here. Yeah, 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 yeah. We gotta, we gotta make the vampires sexy. That's, that's the thing, right? Is that, like, vampires... We've talked about vampires and, like, what they represent in a lot of fiction and, like, the different ways they can be utilized thematically and... I don't know what what Stephanie Meyer's vampires are like about, you know, like what I don't. I, yeah, yeah. It's the choices are so weird; they're confusing to me. Yeah, they they just have superpowers. Uh, number five, vampires don't have reflections in the mirror. In Twilight, vampires do have reflections. Uh, uh, Stephanie Meyer dismisses this part of vampire lore, saying it will be addressed in New Moon. Ooh. But our vampires do have reflections. Okay. <laughs> this article uh, does a little deduction here in that I guess the vampires can only enter a house if invited in thing is not true because uh, he goes through, like, he gets her truck keys from her house or something. Yep. <laughs> okay. Uh, oh, here's a good one. Vampires sleep in coffins. This is something that Bella remembers about vampires when she is first investigating them. This is obviously highly unlikely as the Cullens are usually at school or at work during the day and is something that Bella and Edward joke about later when Bella is visiting the Cullen home. No coffins? Apart from everything else, in the Twilight world, vampires don't sleep, so coffins would be entirely redundant anyway. Redundant, but not disproven. (laughs) I guess guess they they could do it for fun, you know? 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, also, crosses, garlic, and holy water uh, don't seem to work. Uh, Stephanie Meyer sums this up as, quote, a bunch of garbage is what she says. So, <laughs> so okay. like, basically no cool things for vampires here or anything. No. Yeah, what's up with that? I don't it's, get it. It's like anti-lore, you know? Like, it's kind of like, it's so... Um, anticlimactic i guess like like there's no cool mysterious things about them they just sort of suck no this pun would, intended this would be such a bummer like in real life if you made friends with a vampire and then you're like oh so you need to be invited in oh no that's not <laughs> nope. true like oh you have cool fangs nope <laughs> yeah you don't have a cool coffin that you sleep in you can't turn into a bat what are we what are we you doing? can't even fly <laughs> You have a reflection? <laughs> like going on a Tinder date with like a vampire and just like getting really excited and just like, ah, doesn't have, doesn't, kind of doesn't have anything I want. This sucks. Can cut through my neck like butter though. Can cut through my neck like butter, but no fangs. So, no fangs. It's eh, not sexy. Not, yeah, not, not How, sexy. It's disappointing. That is so fascinating. It is so fascinating how boring the vampires are like like it was it was very exciting and fun when when edward um uh you know busted but you know like like busted the car open or whatever and like protected bella but like uh, that's superman right like yep. i just want the vampires to do anything vampire-y remembering now doesn't the doesn't the like last twilight movie have like a completely imagined battle sequence because of this problem. Yeah. Or something yeah, it has like, like that. Like a third it has a third act battle. Yeah, they put like a bat and like a bit like like all the vampires are like getting beheaded like that like 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 like, like that part of vampire lore yep. is yep. is still there in this version cuz like they have a badass fight where they're like cutting guys heads off and stuff. Like that's so crazy to me. Like this was such a problem in the story. That they had to like invent a thing for the movie to address it to like, yeah. like make something fun happen. That's so crazy to me. They should have given them fangs in the movies. Vampires not having fangs, that is crazy. I think that might be maybe my like I'm drawing the line, this isn't a vampire, honestly. It's gotta have fangs, right? Like that's I that's I just crucial. don't know why. Like what like why do you want to write the vampire thing? <laughs> if then? you don't think fangs look cool, why are you writing vampires? Um okay. I have a question for you. Sure. Or rather, for Stephanie Meyer. This is going to sound insane, but do vampires bathe? Given that you said <sighs> the hunting is messy, I'd assume that they get dirty or at least bloody. Do they take showers? Do they comb their hair, brush their teeth? <laughs> vampires. Do shower, but they don't get dirty in the same way we do. Outside dirt, yes, blood, and mud and whatnot, though most vampires <laughs> don't get a spot on themselves when they eat. It's all a matter of practice. What? Do not They do not sweat or have body oils. They would never have B.O., haha. <laughs> they would never have B.O., haha. They would never have B.O., haha. One girl asked me why Alice had a bathroom and if vampires have to pee. No, they don't. They use all the blood, creating no waste. But they do shower. And it's of course like Adam they... and Eve. 
It's like Adam and Eve. And of course they have to use bathrooms. Houses are just built that way. And when they want to move, it would look a little weird on a real estate listing. Eight bedrooms, no bathrooms. That would look weird. They do wash the dust and rain out of their hair, too. And Rosalie particularly spends a lot of time doing hers. Hair is dead cells. The vampire transformation doesn't affect it. If you've got split ends, sorry, not getting better. Ha ha. Why wouldn't they lose all their hair eventually? Like, like, do you think vampires would just, like, go bald? Like, Yes. Yeah, I guess so. Because, yeah, the hair grows, right? That would, that, that, see, there you go. There's another cool excuse for vampire lore stuff. That's why they get those insane wigs with, like, right. the, the, the big poofy ones, right? That, like, oh, old yeah. vampires have. Like, Bram Stoker or Dracula, I always picture with the big, uh, like, the big white one, right? Like, the big white yeah. wig. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, now we're fucking talking. That's what all the old vampires should have. For sure. Uh, let's see. God, all of the all of the fucking Stephanie Meyer questions are so good. A lot of questions about the vampire newborn thing uh, and why they're stronger. I guess other people were, were curious about this. Uh, here's the deal with strength. It's all relative, and there are no finite. Okay, this feels like like Stephanie Meyer got like backed into a corner by her fans on this. Yeah, they're like, what do you mean the blood weighs? What uh, do you mean they've got more blood? What do you mean they've got more blood? Here's it's all relative. <laughs> it's all look, it's all relative. There are no finite answers because like humans, every vampire has a personal range. Emmett is immensely strong. A newborn vampire of average strength might be a little stronger than him, but it would be close, and if it came to a fight, Emmett would win because he knew what he was doing. Emmett as a newborn must have been insanely strong. I mean, yeah, you wrote it, so <laughs> I would you tell me. You tell she me. realized it's super lame to have the like young vampires be like stronger and better than the old ones. Yeah, as far as hunting affecting strength, it's a very minimal difference. Mental strength is much more markedly depleted. Okay, so if you took two vampires of equal strength, okay, now this is the content I'm here for. Amazing here sentence. If you took two vampires of equal strength, one who had recently drunk human blood and one who had been fasting for a while, the one who wasn't thirsty would be stronger. However, the one who was thirsty wouldn't be weak. He could still lift a minivan over his head <gasps> and throw it across a football field. Throw it across a football field? What? That's, that's too strong. That's when he's thirsty. Okay, this isn't vampire strength. This is Superman strength. Yeah, Don't you th think? This is fucking Superman. You are right. Like, when a vampire is thirsty, the weaker vampire could throw a minivan down a football field. That's too much. Human blood does make them stronger than animal blood, but only fractionally. Big game bear, wildcats, predators, etc., make them stronger than the weaker blood of herd animals. It's not a huge difference, and given that all vampires have individual strength levels, it's really hard to measure. Hold on. Weaker how? <laughs> Is there, like, a blood strength hierarchy in the this animal kingdom? This is getting really weird. Yeah, so th th this is, like, she, she had a we she said a weird thing, which is that the younger ones were stronger because they had more blood and in backpedaling on this has made it so much weirder so there's like yeah i guess there's there's rat blood which is you know maybe that's like a that's a that's a that's a gray uh deer or like green purple is when you're getting into like bears right and 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 stuff but then i guess only humans have like gold blood <laughs> that's like the logic we have here 
And this all just applies to a straight context of, eh, contest of strength. So unless we're talking about an arm wrestling competition, it's almost irrelevant in a fight skill counts more than strength. She's sick of getting asked these questions. She does not want to talk about this anymore. Yes, they can throw a van down a football a field. Football Stop field. asking. A Stop whole asking. Fucking football field. <laughs> That's too much. Oh my god. There are so many things here that are like that I, I don't want to read yet just because I, I I don't think I'm far enough in the series to appreciate it, right? Yeah. But they are so enticing. Right, right. Well, luckily we got this like good baseline of our vampire physiology, and then I figure we can dive in as we go, right? Yeah, yeah. Uncover the lore. Do you want to do one more? One more here? Because this one's interesting. Yeah. Uh is there any more information you can give us about the Cullen house? Um so this is just a layout thing. So no no car lore, but maybe some house lore. Something to remember, their rooms are ginormous. This is a really big house. <laughs> and there's a load of unaccounted for space on the third floor, euphemistically dubbed the library. This is where they do things that are technically illegal. What? <laughs> what the what? fuck? What? Like what? I'm glad like you what? asked. I'm glad you asked. Like document forgery and computer <laughs> hackery. <laughs> document forgery and computer hackery and all kinds of other shady stuff they have a whole floor for document forgery and why, hacking why is it a separate floor why why does that need to be done on can a, they not do this in their can, ginormous room like if 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 i don't know alice is like on her laptop and she's like mm, i'm gonna do some hacking and they're like in the living room does carlisle go no 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 you got to do that on the third floor I'm go watching, to the library alice go to the library alice we don't do shady business outside of the library <laughs> think they do drugs in there yeah maybe I mean, the other shady stuff is so vague, right? What Wait, hold that on. Mean. Hold on. There's also a basement where they keep illicit things. Drugs. It's hard to get to if you're not a vampire. <laughs> so do they? Do they forge documents on the third floor and they have to carry them down to the basement <laughs> for storage? <laughs> That's where they keep all the documents they forge. <laughs> How much document forgery do they need to do? A lot. They have a whole floor dedicated I, to yeah, it. Yeah. Like what? I mean, I mean, I guess is, is it okay? Is it forging a document if you if you're like a vampire and you're like, um, yeah, I was born in 1989 or whatever, right? Like, is that technically forgery? Because you can technically, right? I guess, but you could like do that anywhere, right? Like, <laughs> if someone like gave you a piece of paper, like, oh, I gotta fill out this insurance form. Uh, I, I, I get, I'll get back to you. I have to do this in my library. <laughs> like, <laughs> that would raise some suspicions. I feel I have to go down to the basement to get my passport. One moment. <laughs> um. Also, it's not a large window on the south wall. The south wall is a window. It's glass from top to bottom, all three stories. What? That's very fancy. It's a very fancy house in Forks, Washington. That's an insanely fancy house in Forks, Washington. 
They live in the grotto in Portland, is what it sounds like. It's a little ostentatious for some blend blendy any vampires. Yeah, yeah. I if I was trying to like not tip people off that I had some sort of big secret, um, perhaps being a vampire, um, I might like buy a normal <laughs> house. <laughs> And, like, if I guess if I had to have a secret base to do my forgery and hacking in, I'd, like, do it in, like, the basement or something. I don't know if I need a three-story glass wall on my house. That's crazy. Uh, In the living room, there's a gigantic flat-screen television on the wall between the living room and kitchen dining area. A grouping of couches and chairs faces the TV, and then there are other clusters of seats for conversation sketch so they have like a theater in the in the living room here wow there are a couple of computers along the wall that curls around the dining room to separate it from the living room are they doing this land- is so weird are they doing land parties in there a couple of computers in the living room because they're not these are the non-hacking computers. right that's right they're you not can't hacking. do any you can't do any hacking on these you can't do it's any not hacking. allowed. So if you, so, okay, if you want to play some Counter Strike, you're welcome to use the computers in the living room. Um, if you want to hack in Counter Strike, you have to go to the third floor. We don't want to see it in the living room. None of that, please. Emmett better not have fucking Illustrator open on that passport in <laughs> on the li- in the living room computer. Is that key gen music I hear in the living room? <laughs> <laughs> I better not. <laughs> you better go upstairs. Go to the library. Holy fuck. Oh my god. Wowee. Okay. All right. Let's uh let's leave it there. I'm yeah, so yeah. I'm so fascinated by their house. This is awesome. Okay. Uh yeah, let's take it to the close. Our theme song is Hot McGonagall by Cheshire Moon. Huge thanks to them as always for letting us use that as our theme song. You can find them on Bandcamp. You can find us patreon.com slash shriekcast. We have lots of back bonus content there for you. Uh a couple of recent episodes uh as well. And Liz, what are we reading next week? I think we're reading chapter five. Um, mine's called Invitations. This might be the first time that maybe we have a divergence. Like I might Is have this to like read a straight... two, oh, but I'm not sure. I do know that my chapter starts with high school purgatory no longer. It was now purely hell. So that's seems like a return to form of uh, chapter one. Yeah. But um, uh, we'll have to consult the chart. Okay. Okay. So, but probably chapter five okay my my chapter starts with a dream sequence so i'm very excited to dig into that all right well we're doing it we're living the dream please read another book please read another book but there's a lady here that makes ocean raw seem tame but i know what you're after if you catch a eye because this hot mama is just a cat in disguise